This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 323, The Super Necrovirus Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hunter, I'm, di- I'm I'm prepping a ghost guide in a few weeks. Today's the Necro Guide brought to you by Hunter Donaldson. And in a few weeks, it'll be a Ghost of Creus Guide brought to you by Matt Martins. And as part of that, because async has become a more dominant part of my life, I have long avoided more than one game at a time. But there have been mm-hmm. two instances recently where I've sort of just accidentally forced myself into having two games running. And it is hard, right. and I don't like it. Uh, it, it it's, a, it's a difficult thing to do. But I've decided to just go for broke and add a third uh, onto my docket so that I have multiple ghosts games going at once. But I'm very afraid of the prospect of piloting the same faction in two games at the same time. And I'm curious uh, if you think that would go well for me. <laughs> uh, it definitely wouldn't. It's not going to go well. <laughs> Uh, for you it's gonna go badly um i'm kind of not in favor of you playing async at all because of your memory issues oh it's bad yeah yeah i I literally i just finished a game where i botched the entire winslay carousel because about a week went by and i forgot that uh i forgot that milty had diplomacy to his home system and i built an entire new isaro plan ba- based around the idea that i might take milty's home system which was untakeable by me uh specifically so that was good and how how long did you spend thinking that wrong thought <laughs> probably think? six like in, days probably at least six, six days. days yeah <laughs> six days of think of being in a bad twilight <laughs> imperium play this is why async does not appeal to me yeah it just doesn't y'all and i understand it's a thing it's becoming its own large beautiful community uh-huh. that i fully support yeah from the outside of it <laughs> i am outside the house i'm looking in through the window yeah. y'all are having a great time in there and i'm giving you a thumbs up yeah. through the glass heck yeah uh every once in a while somebody points at me and it's like you want to come in here they kind of like motion <laughs> i am staying outside <laughs> everything's good i'm going to the park yeah. you know what i mean we're gonna go out i'm not staying in i, play I don't want to stay with the guys at one. those tables at the park you know <laughs> that's hunters yeah hunters I'm, I'm out there with the chess hustlers okay <laughs> that's more my speed all right get the game done and over yeah. with all right i don't want to lose for a month yeah i am vastly improving my note keeping skills though i mentioned it in our last async thing i'm trying to improve i have a little in my cards thread i just type notes to myself like future math right don't forget that you want to take leadership or or things like that and uh those notes are getting significantly more intricate because i'm just i'm constantly learning the the sheer extent of what i am capable of forgetting and thus what i must remind myself of so so it's really yeah. like a whole journal just inside of my my own little personal thread well that's good and that sounds like the way that you should do it yeah. is some sort of madman's 
chicken scratch type deal. Uh, some sort of prison wall-esque uh, kind of writings uh, is kind of what I imagine for right. you. And that's good. And that'll help, you know, because, you, yeah, you, you got to keep your memory going. You yeah. got to keep your mind engaged. Yeah. Maybe it'll make me better at regular TI to just, like, be actively thinking about, well, this is the kind of thing I would write down in async. And now I'll actually remember it even for an or... Because let's not be... Let's not get, get, like, mistaken about it. The things that took me six days to forget... I very easily would have forgotten that in a regular game too, and it just would have only lasted two hours, but it's the same thing I would have definitely forgotten. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's not, they're not new mistakes. <laughs> they're old mistakes, but slower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're old mistakes, but we live in them for, you know, it, it's it, each mistake gets its own day yeah. minimum yeah. to just kind of reflect on, Absolutely. you know, and live in. Yeah. Well, Hunter, I'd love to give you some tournament updates, uh, announce some yeah, winners yeah, for this new week. Uh, we, we had another good set of games. Uh, if anything, we kind of caught up from, I think we said there was a little bit of a drought last week, but we, we had another, uh, looks like 21 games. So here's 21 Ooh. winners for you. Uh, we've got Mad Sheep, Dead Pulse, uh, the Deft Piper made it through uh, her oh, first and only what game. What a surprise. Yeah, exactly. What a surprise. <laughs> TGY, Green Bisons. Uh, and guess who won their first and only qualifier match? It's last year's champion, DeSuga, is officially in the prelims. Oh! <laughs> Also, Kip Duron, uh, Codename, which cleverly is like, a, it, I have to remember that their name is Codename because their username is just literally a string of undecipherable characters uh, that you oh, can't okay. pronounce. Oh, okay, Codename. Codename. Uh, Strong Sauce, Cookie Salad, Walt, Jester, and Liver Squatch. Congratulations to uh, all of those prelims players. We'll see you in January. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take a seat. All right. Go sit in the dugout. Um, I uh, did not suffer another loss because it was my birthday weekend yep. so i did not play right um but you know stay tuned in the rundown mm -hmm. and i will be announcing uh my next game yeah uh and you know hopefully we, we gotta get me in the them prelims yeah I, I don't have that many chances left right uh, we are through the first month uh if you want to jump in you've still got eight attempts right I or think so. i mean right, yeah yeah eight, eight rough you attempts maybe got more than that you maybe have more like nine attempts yeah. actually because uh, of how the weeks play out or whatever sure. but and we might let people just sneak a bunch in that last week it might just be like the week of holidays and we're like you know what drop the rule play play as you will just i don't play. care just get wild <laughs> yeah christmas break you know everybody's gonna be off school because we're all in high school uh -huh, right uh -huh. um, yeah so we're all in high school <laughs> and once christmas break hits it might just be a free-for-all you know just a go go for broke yeah i'm gonna play like two games on christmas day <laughs> my mom's gonna be like calling me and i'm not gonna answer you know what i mean I never left in new york the fact that i flew all yeah. the way to arkansas to be with them just gonna <laughs> skip christmas and just play Twilight Imperium. I mean, what else is there to life? I yeah. got to get in the prelims, y'all. Yeah, I'll I got do whatever so it takes. much. Oh, how will I survive not getting to the prelims? <laughs> you know, because it's all skill uh -huh. that decided. Yeah. And yeah. there's no way, you know, for someone like me, a legendary player, mm -hmm. one of the greatest to do it, yeah. to not make it into the prelims. I mean, what a shame. That would, wouldn't it just be so hard for my weak little mind? <laughs> to somehow survive a humiliation uh -huh. on that level? <laughs> or would it be maybe perhaps more interesting <laughs> if I failed over and over <laughs> week after week? Wouldn't you kind of get a feel for how 
just strong my nasty little brain is that I could just eat from that you could just watch me eat straight from the dumpster <laughs> that much and yet I would still insist uh-huh. that I know how yeah. to play this game. Yeah. After Wouldn't Hunter's like a Under Hunter's eighteenth loss. Okay, it's the <laughs> Barony Guide <laughs> written by Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, guess what? Regardless of what happens to me in the qualifiers, I'm still gonna insist to you that I know how to play this dang game. Yeah, and you don't. Yeah. And you don't, uh, listener. Here's my advice as a tournament player. Uh, this is a this is a genuine thing. Hey everybody, it's a uh, it's daylight saving. Uh, many many areas of the world have uh, across the next like two weeks, various days are your switch to a different time at which things exist. Yep. Okay, so if you're looking at games and you're trying to get into tournament games, please keep in mind that uh, some of the times might be different than what you think they are based on your standard deviation from UTC time zone. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So, uh, and I know uh, some of us Americans listening are thinking, like, didn't the government say that we're not doing that anymore? <laughs> um, and I really hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's it's that's the government for you. Um, you know, this deadlock. We are speakerless right now. Um, on this top was before of all of that, too, though. This is we we did it. We said yes, and then essentially. The other people just like dropped the paperwork. Like they just sort of yeah. like, oh, I left it in my office, and I don't know. It'd be so hard to find it, you know. I, yeah. I'd have to walk all the way down the hall to go get it. I don't know. Let's it's just good to on. know that. Here's the thing. Just to get Politico a little bit for a second, and we're just a little bit. I promise. Uh, it's good to know that when people say the problem is. The country's polarized. It's good to know that that's not actually true as far as even if we weren't polarized, we still would fail to accomplish anything of note and are basically a waste of time and space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, like right. what we're doing on Earth, it's you look out in the universe, it's beautiful, but mm. like empty. And you start thinking we're special. We're not. We're kind of wasting time here. Yeah. Uh, and you know we can't even get daylight savings right. Yeah. We made time up and we messed it up. We made <laughs> we are the idea in control. of time. Yeah, we are in control of every element of how we measure time, and we can't even do it right. Um, so Incredible. yeah, uh, 2024 is an election year. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about the necrovirus. <laughs> the necrovirus. Yeah, we're doing a super guide today. This is uh, really our first foray into a super guide of a faction that hasn't had it like a direct change to them post pok right we did our right. we did our sort of introductions or or our catch-up you know we did like half episodes on each of the base game factions we've done introductions to the pok factions and then anything that's gotten a codex update we've done a new guide for nalu had all these changes so let's do the thing necro has gone unchanged but obviously the meta and what we know about Necro has improved and changed. And today, it's a it's time to like get back at some of these other factions we've been sort of waiting on. Yeah, and I do want to say I think overall the the half the the that split the split episodes we were doing for mm -hmm. a while. I think those were ultimately kind of a mistake, and that's why I think like it's good for us to be going back and doing it this way. Yeah, because I think that each faction deserved its own amount of time talking and if had we just done it 
the better way back then, mm -hmm. it would make less sense to talk about it now, which I think ultimately I would have preferred um, in the long run. Um, but yeah, where yeah. we're at right now is we're going to be talking about some factions that haven't had a lot of movement. There's been no, yeah, you're right, no major changes. Yeah. But there are also factions that since the release of Prophecy of Kings, which was like seven or eight years ago, <laughs> uh, we haven't like just sat down and talked about only them yeah. for an extended right. conversation. Right. Um, so that's why I think it's worth going back. Uh, and, you know, again, uh, we time everything out here. <laughs> Very, very far out in advance. Mm -hmm. And looking at the future, there is a fourth codex that we've been promised. Right. Now, we didn't get it this year um, because Dane uh, fell asleep at the wheel. Uh -huh. He left it in his office and it's just he like left all the way office. back there. And yeah. like, I don't yeah. know, man, it's I'd have to go get it. I What if we just didn't, you know? <laughs> right. And traditionally, these have always released uh, on April 1st. Um, and right now it's October 31st, mm -hmm. Halloween. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is your spooky episode. Yeah. Um, ooh, be careful. Uh, <laughs> just w watch your back. It that's literally could have been a ghost game and we can, we, our next one is ghosts and we just missed the joke. We just completely skipped it. We did miss the joke. God, that actually, that's frustrating. I'm actually a little bit disappointed now that you say it like that. Um, anyways, there's another April 1st coming yeah. up yeah, in sure. 2024. Uh, and hopefully there will be a codex dropping with that. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully. We'll I mean, we can only hope. Me and Matt, of course, have no insight into any of this. Yeah. Um, and if we could, we wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. Right? No, we wouldn't know anything. And I mean, Dane did say out loud. On our codex show. Four, <laughs> on our show. Said Codex 4. Now, that was 15 years ago. Uh -huh. But mm -hmm. it, he did say it. And so he does owe us that, you know? <laughs> So even even if I would say this, even if Dane for some reason quit working at FFG, I would still demand he give us Codex Four. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right? I would still right. be like, "You said Codex you said Four, you do it." So you have to, yeah. yeah, you have to do it. We get to pressure um, but him. But for now, anything. we're going to talk about the necrovirus. Yeah, um, and we're going to start with some lore talk. And yeah. I hand it over to my lore expert. And co-host Matthew Martin. It's me, the expert of lore. Uh, Necro is a funny one. So it, uh, Necro were introduced in the second expansion of Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. This is one of our yep. newer factions that exists. They're younger. Uh, they're younger. And the Necro are an offshoot of the Lazax. They are uh, also robots, but they're like, what if robots were even more robot-y? What if we went all the yeah. way with our robotdom? So the story of the L1 is that the Lazax, you know, were all uh, ruthlessly killed off during the Twilight Wars, uh, but some of them escaped. And then they came back as the L1Z1X. They replaced the A's yeah. with ones. And then we decided to write that same storyline again because there were some that escaped even from them and then they came back and those are the Necro. So the Necro is the second time we told the story of the Lazax coming back. Yeah, you know, to be honest, if I worked for FFG, I would propose a new faction that is an offshoot of the Necrovirus that got even more technologically yeah. into it. And they're just like refrigerators. You know what I mean? The, the necro appliance yeah. is what I would call them. Yeah. It's just a Samsung refrigerator that gains sentience and, and yeah. it's breaking. And it doesn't work very good because the code just got completely busted up and they don't even have ships. You can't. It's a shipless uh, faction all around. They're, they're just this? in the internet. They only exist in the internet. 
What about this? What what if it was 2008 Honda Civic? That's the new faction. The 2008 Honda Civic. And it's an offshoot of the necrovirus that decided to become a 2008 Honda Civic. So that's that's there's just a, there's one. your homebrew. It's just one. There's a flagship on the board. Sip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I drove a 2008 Honda Civic. Good. That's why I'm going. You know, they're the kind of curvy ones. Yeah. They were it was a dumb design. Uh, but there you go. 2008 Honda Civic. That that's good. Yep. That's our new it. stand-in for Necro yeah. is the 2008 Honda Civic. When you post the 2008 Honda Honda Everybody Civic, knows. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the Necro virus. In fact, from now on, we just call it the Honda Civic, uh-huh. all right? I mean, the I'm go- we're not going to go that deep, but it, just in the community, I would prefer everyone refer to the necrovirus just for shorthand. Yes. 2008 Honda for Civic. For sure. Keep to it to make thing. it shorter. Just to make it 2008 shorter. Honda Civic. <laughs> call it a 2008 <laughs> Honda Civic. Um, one humorous thing I've got here before we get too deep in the weeds uh, is I asked you all for pre errata <laughs> And let me tell you, that first day for an entire... Earth Day, sunrise to sun up. All you people talked about was the Necro versus Barony breaking the game stuff. <laughs> you just kept coming up with more detail for how Necro versus Barony can break. The- for anybody that doesn't know, if you've yeah. been living under a rock in the terms of this show, obviously you don't need to pay attention to the show. No one should. Mm-hmm. But ne- when Necro and Barony fight each other, there's humorous interactions. Mm-hmm. Because Necro can copy Barony's tech to soak two hits yeah. with non-Euclidean shielding, and also, I guess they could trade alliances yep. and make infinite money. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it in a way where, because there's a certain type of interaction that Dane doesn't allow, which is a battle that will never end. Yeah. But statistically improbable of ending is the other you solution. You are free to start <laughs> battles that might never end, but, <laughs> but could finish. Yeah. And in so, you can print lots of trade goods. Let me tell you something. Yeah. If, if you were in a tournament game and I saw you do this, I would rule that it was illegal. Right. I would just step in and say, no. Just stop. I, so Necro versus Barony is kind of the like... It's it's really the biggest mistake yeah. design wise right. in all of Twilight Imperium. There's no fixing it. Yeah. And it's just there. And I just gotta say, y'all spent a whole day thinking about it. Overall, my feelings on Necro Barony stuff, shenanigans, are just just don't do it. Yeah. Like, let's just not because <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's not intended to yeah. be that way. There's right. just no fixing it. You we think it's get cute and it. fun, but it's actually boring. Like it's actually it's just the boring. boring thing you can do. <laughs> it's 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 as boring as typing in cheat codes when playing StarCraft. Okay, <laughs> that's what you're doing. Now hang on a when second. You do now that. you are insulting me and my kind, so <laughs> well, I won't have that. <laughs> well, if you tried to tell me that using cheat codes in StarCraft yeah. is exciting, sure, <laughs> I would say that you're wrong. I'm not saying that you're bad for doing that. Yeah. It's not uh-huh. evil. It's yeah. just like, it's also not exciting. It is the opposite <laughs> of that. Um, but let's get into it. Let's actually get started on the guide sure. and into the overview. Great. Yeah. Let's let's talk about what we start with as the necrovirus. You start with one dreadnought, one carrier, one cruiser, two fighters, two infantry. Uh, so actually a, a notably 
kind of rough start except for i mean that's that's an expensive plastic on the board i suppose yeah i mean yeah you start with a dreadnought carrier it's not a bad start as far as fleet is concerned yeah but it's a bad start as far as two infantry yep. is just bad that's yeah. just bad right there's no way around that being bad yeah it just is you have to dig yourself out of a hole right at the beginning of the game no matter how you cut it uh we right. also start with dax of animators the second level base game green tech uh for those of you who forget because you've never researched it and maybe you've never played necro dax of animators is after you win a combat you can place a ground combat you can place an infantry uh, on that planet so you, you kind of like replenish one on the front line or whatever but that's it yeah. that's that, that's not much of a tech to start with uh, although i will note the color here is not important in terms of our tech prospects as we will cover of course yeah it's it's rather unimportant in general um some people have decided that if you remember to use daxiv that means you're good at necro um <laughs> i have no comment but that is something that people have decided so just so you know you're playing and you remember to use Daxiv, yeah. that's considered, that means you're good at the game, Listen, I guess. if you remember your infantry as Arborek, you're good. If you remember your infantry with the sole flagship, you're good. And if you remember Daxiv, you're good at the game. Actually, that just, I'm sorry, that reminded me of something that, uh, I, when I was playing Async uh, with y'all, uh -huh. I was playing a soul and I built the flagship and I, uh, we, we advanced to the next round and I noticed there was this infantry in space next to my oh, flagship yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why is this here? And I was like, I like literally was like, this is stupid. This is why I don't like async is that you just, you accidentally <laughs> type something wrong and suddenly there's an infantry in space for no reason. It's actually a gift by the beautiful coders of the async TI automatically giving you your infantry, but yeah, you can never know. You never know what's happening over there. Uh, Necro's home system is called Mordai 2. It is a four resource, zero influence uh, home system, but a single planet, which is a good thing, as we always know. Mm -hmm. One planet to defend is pretty good. Hunter, I love here that you've you've given me, in, in our little outline, you've given me a little lore nugget. And, and I, I mean, I'd mm -hmm. love to do the honors of, of reading it for you. If, yeah, if, please if you read us the lore for Mordai 2, <laughs> the, planet the Necro home system planet. Why didn't we do this more often, just reading planet lore? I feel like there just needs to be an episode sometime where we read every single planet's lore. Maybe that's just the thing I want to do by myself. Anyways, mind to it. It's bones by the virulent necro. Mordai 2 is reinforced by graviton energy beams that barely keep the world from collapsing in on itself. Yeah, um, graviton beams, uh, that's something. Yeah, that's mentioned elsewhere, you know. Or are graviton laser beams different than graviton energy beams? That's my question for the lore heads. Is there a difference oh, I here? I don't know. I think it is. I think it is. We should uh, let's talk about their abilities because oh, they've okay. got some wild ones. They, they they are the Necrovirus are big on exceptions to some of the most basic yeah. rules in all of Twilight Imperium. Right. Yeah. Uh, our first one is Galactic Threat. You cannot vote on agendas. Nothing stops that. You just can't vote on agendas. Well, actually, and that's why they're my favorite. <laughs> you just get out of one whole phase of the game. You shave an hour of off of stuff you have to think about. Basically. Oh, you get to take more breaks. That's, that's <laughs> galactic threat. You get to take more breaks than everybody else. <laughs> Once per agenda phase, after an agenda is revealed, you may predict aloud the outcome of that agenda. If your prediction is correct, gain one technology that is owned by a player who voted how you predicted it is notable here that we're saying once per agenda phase which means out of the two agendas 
You can yeah. only ever pick one of them, which means you always have like a rider you're holding on to. It's basically like the necro rider. Uh, but if the first agenda is like a choose player, you probably just should hold on to it for the next one. Unless you like for some reason really need to throw that vote a certain direction or that prediction a certain direction. You should hold out and see if the second one is a for and against. And if the first one is a for and against, my vote would be you just use it on that one and see what you can get. But obviously the agenda phase is wild and all sorts of things can happen. But just try to just try to do the, the split votes. 50-50 shot of getting attack, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to do for or against. Um, you're definitely going to have some reasons to possibly take uh, politics yourself. So you might actually be able to choose yeah. what the agenda is going to be anyways. Yeah. And choosing agendas that go well with your prediction token is good necro play in my opinion. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, our second ability is the technological singularity. Once per combat, after one of your opponent's units is destroyed, you may gain one technology that is owned by that player. And I actually just want to like combo this into the first half of the next ability, which is propagation. You cannot research technology. So it's notable here that technological singularity is how we get tech. You are never right. going to actually use the technology strategy card to acquire tech. You will watch everybody else acquire tech and you go, hmm, what do I want to go out there and nibble on so that I can copy it? So a couple things to note uh, in getting technological singularity correct. It's per combat. Yep. So this is anything we destroy outside of combat is no go. Um, obviously, anti-fighter barrage is something that happens in combat. And it's important to note that it's when units are destroyed. So that could be in the case of AFB, before combat even really starts yeah, going. Right. Um, or it could be after the first round of combat. So anything that is going to affect uh, your roles, like, for example, a unit upgrade that perhaps increases the combat value of a ship, right? Uh, like, like the Cruiser 2 or something like that, uh, is going to kick in on like right away. Yeah. We're, we're going to resolve this new tech right now. Yep. Um, so remember that that is the, the moment is when the opponent destroys their units. Yeah. Um, and also, space combat is separate from ground combat. Mm -hmm. So in one activation, we can receive multiple tech. Right. Uh, in fact, I think we could get like four tech. Uh, <laughs> Depending on the system. one space yeah. combat and three ground combats in one activation. Mm -hmm. So four tech, one, that's it. That's wild. You know? Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen someone achieve that much tech. Yeah. But I have definitely gotten three tech right. before as Necro. That's almost one normal. Yeah, because there's so yeah. many two planet systems. It's, it's getting out there on the third and having someone defending all three of the Riggles or Devils or a Hakan home system or whatever. Uh, we also have some pre-errata from Jadim Jedi who says, also, I think it's a given, but... Anti-Fighter Barrage is excellent for Necro in general. I frequently stockpile on Destroyers, even without Destroyer 2. And I'll offer Argent some kind of deal to research Strikewing Alpha and sell it to me because the capacity is nice and I really want better Anti-Fighter Barrage units. That second half right. is like a wild proposition and I, I wonder what <laughs> Argent gets out of that deal. But in general, I definitely agree. The, the Destroyer thing is like a huge thing to note. That Anti-Fighter Barrage is during combat and especially right. if you can get destroyer 2 you're just like guaranteed hits at that point uh, against anybody with fighters absolutely um so yeah i would say destroyer 2 is a great investment for necro um obviously if you can get the argent destroyers that's the best case that's scenario ridiculous. but even without that if anybody yep. gets destroyer 2 you should pick up uh, destroyer 2 
Um, so we already sort of talked about propagation, yeah. um, which is that you can't research technology. Um, but there is an interesting note here. The second half of that ability that we did not read is yep. when you would research a technology, gain three command tokens instead. Yep. So what's the what we've got research and we've got gain i'll tell Those you two this verbs much. we've used yeah. already and this gets this gets like actually extra messy and i would love to sort of break some of these things down but the important part is that you've pointed out there's 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 just this aspect of research versus gain the point being when we do our technological singularity ability you should note you may gain one technology that is owned by that player when you gain a technology it's just Draw it from the deck and put it in your play area. That's to gain right. a technology. To research a technology is when you care about prerequisites. You have to look through it, make sure you fulfill all of the conditions, and then you may add it to your supply. And that's what we're saying Necro can't do. Necro never cares about prerequisites in any respect. They only care right. about actually acquiring it. Uh, so when you would research as in off of the technology primary or secondary, you can mm -hmm. gain three command tokens. There are also lots of cards, uh, action cards, that lets you research a technology. Focused research is to research a technology. Well, Necro would play that action card and gain three command tokens. However, something like Maw of Worlds is actually a gain a technology, which is a situation right. where Necro can gain that tech. That's a way for Necro to just get tech outside of all of these other restrictions. The other really goofy thing that came up with me recently, and I won't like belabor this point, but the logic here, I know it says you cannot research technologies. There are things in the game that like affect researching technology. There's a relic uh, that affects all right. of this. Necro can use those things. The game is designed in such a way where uh, Necro is not just forbidden from utilizing those components. There's an agenda and there is a relic. And and just I've had this literally recently ruled on in both of those instances. Think of the logic of this ability like this. You're not supposed to research technology when you would do the step of researching technology. You instead gain the step of gain three command tokens. That is the right. idea. It's not that you can right. never proc the research technology aspect of these abilities. It's that you don't do the research. Instead, you do the command tokens. And that's right. how you can work through the logic of all of the abilities that this affects. One of my favorite examples of this is divert funding. Yep. Uh, if you play that card as Necro, you get to return a non-unit upgrade, <laughs> non-faction technology you own to the technology deck then research another technology. So you return a tech, yeah. you, you put Daxiv back in the deck, right. and you get three command tokens. It's a great deal, people. It's a great this is deal. what you gotta do. This is what you gotta do with Daxiv. Yeah. You gotta draw divert funding and put Daxiv back in in the deck and grab yourself some command tokens. That's value right That's there. Value, baby. That's value town. Burn, yeah. burn something you didn't even pay for just for tokens, buddy. Uh, let's talk about their faction techs as well, which are actually basically not faction techs. They are another faction ability because, as you'll note on the back of your sheet, you start with your faction techs uh, because yeah. they're very confusing. Let's read the whole text of them. When you would gain another player's technologies using one of your faction abilities, you may place the X or Y assimilator token on a faction technology owned by that player instead. While that token is on a technology, this card gains that technology's text. You cannot place an assimilator token on a technology that already has an assimilator token. This right. is all to say, 
while these are in your area, you don't really actually have faction techs. They're, they're not doing anything yet. Right. But if I go and I attack Hunter and I want to copy one of his techs, if he has his faction tech, if he has Baroness non-Euclidean shielding, I can take my X token that came with the game and I can place that on non-Euclidean shielding. If you're playing online, you'll note that people just copy and paste the card. And that's cool right. and good, but is that technically skipping a very important step, which is to say Necro can only have two faction techs ever. You can't just go around right. the table copying everyone's faction techs. It's a very easy to miss thing when playing in like tabletop playground or whatever. Uh, but the idea is you uh, use these things and now you have the text of those cards. Now you have a faction technology uh, and, and it gets you all the powers of those things. Uh, also notable here is this means you can get into really weird scenarios uh, especially with unit upgrades which is like i attacked somebody earlier i got dreadnought 2 off of them but then later i finally became neighbors with l1z1x and i want to attack them oh they have super dreadnought 2 well i already have dreadnought 2 what do i what am i supposed to do in that situation then <laughs> You get rid of Dreadnought 2 and you get Super Dreadnought. You just instead. burn it. Well, let's make sure we're clear, though, too, because in this situation, you actually are basically putting Super Dreadnought 2 on top of Dreadnought 2. These right. do not count as two separate technologies, but right. you could get into a situation later in this game where you want to copy a different faction technology and you would like to remove Super Dreadnought 2. You can do that. You can take your token off of Super Dreadnought 2 and you no longer have that and you revert back to your regular Dread Dreadnought 2. You have not fully right. deleted the original Dreadnought 2. You get to come back to it if you need to. Yeah. The really important things to remember with uh, the faction tech is that you have, it's very confusing, but you already have the faction tech. Right. So when you get new faction tech, you're not actually getting any new technology cards. Right. So for the sake of other abilities that refer to when you gain a tech, you're yeah. not gaining a tech. Right. When you when you research any faction tech. Yeah. You already have your faction technology cards and you are just moving the token. I do not know why they decided this is how it would work. <laughs> and in fact, POK made the weirdness of the faction tech yeah. more apparent, yeah. basically. Dane has openly said on multiple <laughs> occasions that Necro was essentially a mistake, at least in TI4's like version of it. Mm -hmm. There's just too much open design space. It's such a cool idea, but it is just about the messiest thing that exists in this entire board game is uh, like right. all of Necro's whole thing. Uh, not to be outdone, he decided, let me do it again with uh, Mahawk able to just like copy anybody's alliances and Asarl can just like do anybody's agent. He was like, let's double down on a thing I already said was stupid. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just, just making the game as complicated as possible. Very good. Uh, it's fun for us, at least. I also just want to point out that because of uh, the Nomad, uh, Necro can copy Memoria 2, right. the, fa the faction upgrade, <laughs> and have that overwrite their flagship, yeah. changing their flagship's abilities. I, I don't know what you won't, you wouldn't do that. That would be bad to do. Yeah. But I just want to say that that's hilarious. It's hilarious. You know what's even wilder is we're about to read the flagship. In fact, just because you're starting this point, let's read just the first part of the Alastor. At the yeah. start of a space combat, choose any number of your ground forces in the system to participate in that combat as if they were ships. So just yes. to note it, the thing you can do is at the start of space combat, I put all these things into the system and now they're going to spend this combat as ships. Then I roll anti-fighter barrage. I get a hit. 
I kill a unit against the Nomad. I copy Memoria 2. I no mm -hmm. longer have this ability, but that doesn't matter. I've already right. procced it. It happened at the start of combat. So all of yep. my ground forces stay, and now I gain the combat value of the Memoria 2. I won't get the Anti-Fighter Barrage, because I've already done, I've already rolled Anti-Fighter Barrage, but right. I'll get its combat value for the rest of the combat. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> um, and, and also that's how it would work if you were to destroy your flagship as well. So right. it's, that's, this is a good way to kind of like, you know, the way the Elaster works is it puts all that stuff in space. Right. And then after that, it's in space. It's just there. And they go and fight in space. Right. Does that's not need to be work. persistent. Uh, let's talk about the other things the Elaster does. It costs eight. Its combat is nine times two, uh, which is, you know, the bad uh, combat value of a flagship. But we're going to yeah. be okay. <laughs> we're going to be really super duper okay. Our capacity is three, which thank goodness for that. But also, uh, the capacity kind of doesn't matter because, like we said, we're bringing all of our ground forces to participate in the combat. And the key here is... They participate in the combat as if they were ships. It's, it makes no mention of they come up into the space area. Pretend yes. your ground forces are sitting on your home system and they're just firing up into the sky as if they were ships, but they stay on the planet. You lose none of your defensive capabilities yep. Yep. on the planet itself. Yeah, that is to say, though, they are they are in this combat. So, I mean, the yeah, only way they can out die. of this combat <laughs> is that they die. But yeah, um, really important to note, this is the only, uh, I think it's the only situation where you could use direct hit on a mech, uh -huh. um, which is good. They should, that, that should be how direct hit works, <laughs> but it only works for Necro. Um, so that's important. You can direct hit a mech unit because it is, uh, it is participating a as a ship. Yep. Right. Um, and obviously this applies to all ground forces. So it applies to infantry. It applies to mechs. There's no limit on how many infantry you can have on a planet. Right. So that is a limitless just thing. You can yep. just have as many. You can there's have a no hundred billion million <laughs> yeah. billion. Yeah. Actually, I do think there's a limit on cardboard. I think if you run out of cardboard. No, the game says out. you can keep using stuff. You could just use other markers. <laughs> there's technically oh, you infinite can just use tokens. other stuff. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it never ends. So, yeah, you could have a million billion <laughs> um, and... And, and there you go yeah. you could just spend the rest of your life in one game of twilight imperium where you just keep getting more and more infantry <laughs> just to see how long how many how many infantry you can have before the heat death of the universe yeah uh mm -hmm. we got a fun priority here from pally pally writes one note i have about the necro is a player needs to decide early if the flagship is going to be their offensive or defensive tool. The flagship is, uh, as we all know, one of the best defensive tools in the game for protecting home. But with a six production home system, uh, 12 infantry can pretty much lock up the home system without the flagship involved. If you aren't planning on winning from ahead, the flagship sitting at home is likely overkill. The flagship as an offensive early game threat is huge. With diplomacy or trade round one, it's very easy to build the flagship mech and two infantry out, which should be almost any early game fleet. Having hopes end in your slice, to me, always means the flagship should be used offensively. Primor is similar, but not as good. A yellow skip for your hero also makes the flagship better due to integrated producing more infantry. The flagship should not be used offensively if you have no path to grab gravity drive off someone else early. Yeah, so I think this is interesting, um, and I, I would posit that this is, like, a good way to think about the flagship, yeah. but with less confidence than Pally uh, writes here. Sure. Um, I would love to use the flagship as an offensive tool uh, in most games, but the problem is that 
I don't know, like, there's a lot of very particular things we noted there, like Hope Send or Primor, how often yeah. those are two planets out right. of all the planets in the game, um, which there's a lot. Um, I feel like Integrated does make the flagship better, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, when are we using the hero? That's round five yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, or uh, round three at the earliest. We'll talk a little more about integrated later. Uh, so I'm going to kick that down. Uh, you know, I'm going to kick that can a little bit. Um, but I just want to say that, that, yeah, it's important not to just default yeah. to the flagship is a defensive unit and that is the only purpose that it has. Yeah. Absolutely not. I would put it a different way though too because the, the note here is about the space dock at home being like a high production value system. But like I think the flagship is an excuse to not have to drop as many infantry at least not in like a single build, right? You can do your like kind of standard two or four infantry like a couple a couple times or whatever but like you can use the rest of that ability of getting more carriers and fighters out because it's a very high chance you're gonna be able to copy carrier two and fighter two off of somebody right right you can still use that huge production capacity on stuff that you're sending out and the alistor is the thing like the only thing you have to keep at home basically and then everything else gets used offensively everything else being faster than the alistor which is like at best two movement with gravity drive Right. The point that I feel like Pally is glazing over a little bit that I just want to add to this pre errata is that what the Alistair is allowing you to do, what the implied value here is, is that we are hard limited as to like how many dreadnoughts we have, how many carriers yep. we have. And that's like kind of just like this. That's how big a fleet can be is, right. is that big or whatever. Right. The Alastor is saying none of those need to be used for defense. Yep. You can right. fully defend a Necrohome system with the flagship and infantry only yep. and that's all right. and that will be potent and that will be difficult to win slay etc etc exactly um but yeah you shouldn't just use it defensively every time and you know not scout out those uh opportunities and i do feel like yeah gravity drive is going to be the deciding factor but there's gonna be a lot of games where you don't get gravity drive till round three right which means our early game potential here has maybe kind of closed yeah. a little bit it's more or less not up to you but keep an eye out for the signposts essentially yeah. of when you might luck into an offensive early flagship let's talk about our mechs uh the mordrids cost two combat six standard mech stats during combat against an opponent who has an x or y token on one or more of their technologies you apply plus two to the result of each of this unit's combat rolls this is such a weird mech because it's like like the opposite is the mahawked mech right the mahawk or i might even have that no sorry not the mahawked mech the mahawked flagship is like designed as the go in some combats buddy so you can get those tokens sure. this is not that this is like doubling down on the person whose tech you've already copied from or whatever uh and it just kind of puts a huge target on their back obviously it's good rolling some mechs on a four is uh sure. wild but uh in terms of like using this ability in some specific way it's just a thing that comes up yeah, I mean, to be honest, Mordred didn't need to have any abilities right. because it's already <laughs> comboing with the Elastor. Right. And that's that's the really the strength of it. Yep. The fact that, you know, just to talk more about the Elastor as an <laughs> offensive unit, the idea that you can carry three mechs with you mm -hmm. and have three sustain in air, right. uh, that's amazing. And that's like, that, that's a fleet right yeah. there. That's basically dreads, yeah. you know. That's, um, that's so, Nomad's mech's whole ability 
and also these mechs are and fighting. And also they hit. It's better. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the this is both the Nasroka mech and the uh, Nomad mech at the same time, essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the fact that you get a sweet little plus two against one or two players yeah. in the game, yeah, that's, Ridiculous. that's pretty neat. Um, remember, of course, you could always uh, switch that X or Y token over mid-combat mid too, my friends. <laughs> you know, get that plus two on the second round yeah. if you need it, you know? Man, ridiculous. Uh, so our leaders, let's talk about those. Our agent, this is, okay, just to say it too, so much of what we've already said is more or less has always been true about Necro. We, you've heard Necro guides before, uh, and, yeah. and this is the faction more or less as we understood it. The mech doesn't change anything dramatically. This is Necro as usual. This leader suite is what makes this faction look different in POK and think maybe differently, like in in weirder ways. Uh, I would yeah. say so much is defined by this leader suite. They added a dimension yes. to Necrovirus when it came to Prophecy of Kings. Right. Uh, so first up is our agent, Necromalion, the shifting host. During the action phase, you may exhaust this card to choose a player. That player may discard one action card or spend one command token from their command sheet to gain two trade goods. This is at any time. This just this exists during the action yeah. phase. You can do it on mm -hmm. other people's turn. You it just can come up whenever you want. You can burn an action card or spend the command token uh, from your command sheet to gain two trade goods. Yeah, so I've I've never understood why it's one action card or one command token because yeah. I'm not sure why you would ever do that. Right. Because you could always just follow politics mm -hmm. and then you get two action cards and you're netting, even if you get rid of the other one, you're netting one action card. Right. It's the same deal. You're spending a command token, but you just get an extra action card. So to me, the... I, I I honestly feel like maybe this was a bit of a playtesting fail mm -hmm. where it would have been better to just have it be locked to one action card. Yeah. Because, yeah, that or just has never made sense to me. Right. Um, but this ability is very potent. Yep. Um, you use it every round of the game, and that's 10 trade goods right there. Yep. You just get 10 trade just goods. Just 10 bucks. Just for being you, yeah. basically. Yeah, and uh, it's going to combo with our commander here a little bit because our commander Necro Acidos, the Obsidian Reaper, you unlock it when you own three technologies, and it's important to note, you start with Daxiv, and you technically start with two Valifar uh, assimilators, but those two Valifar assimilators don't count as tech until they are copying tech it's a very weird ability but once you've gained two more technologies off of you know battles or agenda phases you then gain the ability after you gain a technology you may draw one action card right. uh which as we just noted you could just then immediately cash in for two bucks if you needed right. it <laughs> yeah so and and valifar doesn't count um, it, it counts for the unlock, which is confusing. So it helps you unlock this. But anytime you move the Valifar around, you're not right. gaining a tech. So you're not drawing an action card. Yeah. Very nitpicky over here today. <laughs> Sorry. There's, um, this is the guide where this one was like literally necessary because there's so much funny business with Necro. We're not, we, we haven't gotten anywhere to the part of like teaching people how to be good at Necro. It's literally how to operate this gross behemoth. <laughs> yeah. They're just kind of weird. Um, but, but I I do love them a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and it's also important to note you don't get a card for the third tech that unlocks right. this commander. So don't don't give yourself an extra action card. You unlock the commander, and then your next tech, yeah. what would be your fourth tech, 
will be the first one that you get an action card uh, for. Yep. And yeah, anytime you change Valifar, anytime you get a faction tech, don't draw yourself a card. A lot of times, too, you're not going to get faction tech early in order to unlock this with Valifar. So yeah. that note we're making there is probably not going to be very important most yeah. of the time. So there is going to be a high likelihood that in the mid or late game, you're going to have to decide between taking a generic tech and getting an action card or taking a faction tech that you probably need and not drawing yeah. an action card. And that last okay. point really is important, too, because as, we, as we've already said, mid combat, you can gain a new tech that improves your odds in the role. You can also gain that tech, gain an action card. Oh, it's a morale boost. Play that morale boost, have plus one to combat or whatever yep. it yep. is. Like all sorts of things like that exist that let you in the middle of the combat, that action card might like Necro these days because of these two abilities is like a weird little almost Asarl. Obviously not like the stalling aspect of Asarl, but like you can you, you have an incentive to get a lot of action cards and use them in like a myriad of ways. And in that late game, especially, you just start going out farming for tech and you just suddenly have like a big hand of action cards ready to go. Yeah, so I it's interesting to liken them to a... I mean, obviously, they draw the action cards, so that's why you're saying that. But I actually think of them more as being similar to Nasroka in yeah. the final round. Mm -hmm. they, you can go on a fishing expedition right. with Necro. You can fish for cards that might help. Yeah you in your current situation do you ever build up that like excess yeah. of cards in the way a sorrel does not really right but you do you can chase some very low percent outcomes yeah as necro virus right. right. sometimes it flips your way and then you win the game <laughs> off right. that stuff. Uh, our hero our final uh leader is the polymorphic algorithm devour worlds uh the action is Choose a planet that has a technology specialty in a system that contains your units. So you just need to park above it. All you got to do is get yeah. above that planet. You just got to get above a planet. Destroy any other player's units on that planet. So a quick X-89 for everybody paying attention. Just just kill it. Kill all of it. Kill the space yeah. dock too. Kill, the, kill the, uh, the PDS as well. Gain trade goods equal to that planet's combined resources and influence values if we're talking about Semlore, that means five bucks right a three two planet yep. is is yep. five dollars a lot of the tech planets are not worth as much but the other thing you finally get is gain one technology that matches the specialty of that planet then purge this card the that means it can't be a unit upgrade you will never use this right. to acquire a unit upgrade it has to have a color to it you won't get faction tech off of this because that the only way you can do that is in the combat yep. with the valifar but as we sort of noted earlier this is like a really quick easy way to get integrated economy with a yellow skip sometimes you'll see a blue skip get you light wave most people go for that late game tech because first off most people maybe don't have it uh or it's just the fastest way to to get it but yeah th this is like your way outside of all of these other abilities to acquire a tech for yourself uh don't forget that your commander is going to give you an action card yep and I just want to, like, this is going to be important for a later section of the guide. Um, we're talking about, uh, well, so we got 10 trade goods. We're getting off the agent, correct? Yep. And we got, let's say, between four and six, would, but it could be more, yeah. even in weird cases when it comes to attachments and stuff like that. Right. So let's say we can count on around 15 trade goods just for being necrovirus. Yep. Just for being the virus. 15 trade goods and action cards. Yes. In excess of the normal amount of action cards that you yep. will get as a player. Yeah. So it's a lot. 
It's economy. Um, it's it's just raw economy. We talked about the same ideas with like Hakan, where it's just like Hakan's commodities just net them more money than other people. And we're talking about the same thing here. Necro just has baked in more value out of all of their stuff. And I just want to take a little bit of time here to talk a little bit about integrated economy, which there is like a, a, a faction of people in the community that are very, you know, they're very into integrated economy. They want to talk about it a lot. They think that talking about this hero is an opportunity to be like integrated is good. And we have already brought integrated up as something that combos well with the flagship. Yar. Um, we, I want to have, I have a priorata to read <laughs> and it's not, and I want to say before I read it, I do not categorically disagree, mm -hmm. but I just want to have this back and forth real quick. Yeah. Um, so somebody was saying that in the priorata channel, K Ruthless was saying that it's not, it's rarely the right choice to get integrated economy and someone th that their current name is expendable integrated stan mm -hmm. um says hard disagree uh, which i always love a hard disagree <laughs> I, who wants a soft disagree right. let's have a What's hard the disagree. point of disagreeing if you're not yeah. gonna make it hard yeah i have never once regretted getting integrated off the hero it's almost always the best choice someone will research lightwave which is, this is interesting. I'm going to go ahead and cut away from this real quick to just say that I don't think that people are considering Lightwave the optimal research yeah, for the hero right. because it's correct. Someone will research Lightwave. Right. Um, if the entire table decided not to research Lightwave just so you can't get it as Necro, then good for them. But now we all get to play with no Lightwave so you're not at any disadvantage. Now, I would love to be the only player with Lightwave at a no Lightwave table, by the way. Um <laughs> Sure, get the tech that helps you win, but integrated is so rarely researched, especially early on, so getting it off the hero is usually the only way Necro can get it. I agree with that. And it has been a game winner for me as Necro. Um, you really never know what will win you the game in round three when you unlock your hero. So unless you're sitting on the hero and letting it lose value in order to have some tiny bit of flexibility in round five slash six, then you can't really be sure that one specific tech will win or lose the game for you. Mm -hmm. Usually that's not the case. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna come back to that paragraph. I wanna read the rest of this argument. I wanna stop uh, interrupting. Yeah. But integrated in round three means every planet I take is now swarming, swarming with infantry. And I take as much as I can get with Necro. Players can sometimes commit enough to take the planet back, but now you gained plus four tech and plus four action cards from the use of just one command counter and the sacrifice of a few bucks and a little plastic. Taking the planet where a ground combat occurs and a space combat occurs and then losing the planet when both occurred again means tons of stuff. Without integrated, that ground combat often doesn't happen. Your one to three infantry on the planet just get bombarded to death. But six infantry is going to be enough to pull off a hit or two in ground combat. Plus, it's often enough to deter the enemy from even trying to take their planet back. Most of my necro wins have been because I've had tons of planets in round five and could do either stage two spend objective or stage two control objective mm -hmm. and that no one else could. Plus, being aggressive meant I had more action cards and way more techs than anyone else. So um, stage two tech objectives are easy. So, okay. Uh, this is this is sound logic. If I get integrated in round three, I will get lots of tech. I want to point out a couple things. There are a couple ways that I disagree with this. First of all, 
in that first paragraph uh, that I called out, we're saying use the hero round three to get integrated because who cares about saving it for round five, round six? That's lost value just for some flexibility. Waiting until the stage two flips uh, to use your hero is that information that you're gaining yeah. is not just flexibility. Right. That's strategy building. Yeah. That's like, I know what I need in this moment yeah. in order to accomplish X goal. So so already, I just want to say, it's a re it, to me, it's around five use for the hero easy. Mm -hmm. uh, another reason that kind of gets glazed over is a lot of the times when it comes down to a stage two economy objective, it's really nice to have some trade goods that are just sitting in the hero potential and right. not even actually on your sheet. Yep. That's economic equality in invincible. Right. You can't econ equality trade goods that I technically do not have yet. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. This description though of an early integrated leading to extra tech. I've played a lot of Necrovirus and a and I've also watched a lot of Necrovirus. And let me tell you, a majority of the time. I see the player acquire almost every single tech that is available yeah. without this strategy. Right. So to me, this sounds like an overcommitment yep. to one particular strategy that for this for this person happened to pay off, you know, a time or two. Yeah. A couple times. I don't know. I don't I don't have I don't have these games. I'm just being told sure you know most of my necro wins i don't know what that means yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah um but i think that a win more strategy is something where someone describes a, a very particular set or or scenario mm -hmm. that pays off but then i can think of a way where it's like that you could just be in that you situation do you that don't even anyways. have to do all of this right. to end up in that outcome it's basically, basically what we just said about the alistor of like i don't need some huge fleet defending my home like you don't, there's no need to triple down on what the Alistar does. If you get six infantry and your Alistar at home, you're defending most attempts at your home system. If you double that amount of infantry, it that's over. That's Nobody will ever right. touch that, right? So there's no point in like building more and more and more stuff in your home system. The other thing I always think about with integrated is you're talking about stuff you're building on these like front lines to defend. And my, my argument against integrated is kind of always the same, which is just like, I have to have that money and that's money I'm using on my builds anywhere or whatever. And if I can just right. acquire my movement tech, that stuff is where I need it to be anyways. Like if I can play a tight game anyways, integrated sometimes feels like a super late game tech that is good for like capitalizing on not mistakes, but like making a rough situation a little bit better. Oh, I can drop a couple infantry here and that'll look a little bit better. Or you could have already built enough infantry and sent enough infantry to take and hold the thing, right? Is is somewhat the argument here. So none of that is to discredit any of this, like you're saying. Like I, th there there is an argument here, but there, you know, also assault cannon uh, looks really good on necro. There's lots of things that look really good on necro. So I don't know. You you should just take your pick. Uh, I've used the hero for sling relay right. before because <laughs> I just needed sling relay right yeah, then. Yeah, and yeah. it and having it what helped and it got me there um i think that uh you know in round five when you see that stage two control yeah. flip it do it get integrated yeah, yeah that right. sounds awesome right that sounds like a good you i mean but also depending on how your stuff is spaced out transit might help more yeah though yeah like and i don't know already which is the right way yeah 
So I, I would really, the only thing I really strongly disagree with in, in that pre-errata is like, I, I do think you really need to wait mm -hmm. until that stage two flips. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't see the disadvantage of, of, of that. I, I feel like it's, it is worth the wait. Yeah. Also, you don't always have a yellow skip. You know what I mean? Like right. sometimes, sometimes it's just, the, sometimes it's just what's in front of you. Yeah. Sometimes you get yeah. X89 cause it's like, I don't know, man, get a green tech and we'll, we'll see what happens. That's what I have. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's true. Uh, we have not finished covering all of the components of this faction yet. We haven't yet. Uh, so let's talk about their promissory note. The antivirus at the start of a combat, place this card face up in your play area. While this card is in your play area, the necro player cannot use technological singularity faction ability against you. If you activate a system that contains one or more of the necro players units return this to the necro player i gotta say just just on the onset i hate the timing of this card yeah <laughs> as, it's really as weird, a thing huh? as all of the abilities that you play face up in your play area they are either actions or they are immediately and this one i need to acquire it and then go start a combat and then i can put this thing in my play area that is so annoying and unnecessary <laughs> for this ability outside of that it's obviously incredibly limited for the person getting it. Uh, I feel like it still comes up every once in a while, but this is right. very much one of those promissory notes where it's just like, I don't know, you could, it, this is kind of worth a dollar. Can I, can I sweeten the pot with this to finally get the deal I was working on? Yeah. And it's also like, I, I think that you accomplish basically the same thing by being support partners yep. with Necro. Right. And that's more likely to happen. So I think from the other player's perspective, it's unlikely that you're going to get this promissory note and i think for necro it's kind of bad to give out yeah because it you're already going to be probably cutting a player out of your tech diet yeah at some point in this game so don't make it two yeah don't make it two players that's yeah. that's too many players well and um, you you I brought up support for the throne negating this and in pok we added alliance <laughs> and then and people like the the necro alliance too that's two people that like aren't activating anyways so it's it, it sort of doubles up on the same thing uh and finally there are three commodity faction uh which is just middle of the pack which is fine uh, as we noted they make hand over fist uh in money outside of this problem um now obviously you know it it would be super cool if antivirus was like super tradable and they had all these abilities that like net them a bunch right. of money um the agent is the interesting one right because you you can like I've, I see games where people, you know, sell it around or whatever. Let somebody else, but I've got, I like my hand. How about you use the ability and give me one of the trade goods or whatever? Like there's, there's goofy ways to do it. But at the end of the day, it's mostly best for Necro to just keep that one on themselves. So they're, they're like tradeability stuff doesn't extend far beyond any of these other abilities. I've never sold the agent. Yeah. I'm not sure why you would sell the right. agent. It seems weird. Yeah. But I, you'd have to have really good action cards. Yeah. Like a, just a solid the perfect set. Hand. Yeah. Well, let's talk um, uh, before we go to a break about like what our kind of strengths and weaknesses are as Necro. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about problems first. Um, so our first problem that we've sort of already noted is uh, we start with only two infantry and, you know, technically kind of thin capacity. We yep. don't have two carriers. We just got a dread for that second carrier unit. Right. Um, which means we are kind of a warfare reliant faction and there's not a lot of those left in yeah. Prophecy of Kings. Yeah. And I would say that in a way, Necro is kind of the best of the ones that are sort of in this precarious situation. Right. Um, this means, obviously, we would love for somebody else to take Warfare. If you're Warfare-reliant, you never want to be the one that has to take mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. You want somebody else to have to do that, right? Yeah. Um, but So this means that it's very important to accurately read in Round 1 if someone else also needs Warfare and if they are going to take it. If there isn't someone, 
then you better do it the right way, my friend. Do yeah. not do not have a no warfare uh, round one as Necro. It is a bummer. I have a theory. This is purely okay. conjecture, purely a theory, but Necro has not had a good win rate this tournament. Uh, I think they're generally perceived as a good faction. They generally have like a decent win rate, but they're not doing well this year. And I think part of that is uh, it's a 6-6 six, six multi-draft, right? The, the factions you get are exactly the factions you get. The slices you get are the slices you get. Mm -hmm. And I think this warfare reliance is part of the problem because Necro is perceived as a very good faction, because they are, I think you can mess up a multi-draft with them out of all this. Because to me, it sounds like we're almost suggesting Necro likes picking maybe not necessarily first. <laughs> like a Necro who takes trade round one as a first pick might have like kind of a rough time. Whereas you can like wait out and see this warfare thing and make like the right choice in third or fourth mm -hmm. pick or whatever, which means like a Necro multi draft should look like I take, you know, position or I don't take position. I take slice. It comes back around to me. Like I get Necro after that. I just, I think there's a draft order that can be messed up basically within all of that. And, and I wonder if that is what's feeding into some problems is we're, we're getting worse round ones as Necro because we drafted them poorly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't take the Necro not winning. Sure very seriously yeah so i mean i i maybe it's don't even that. care <laughs> it could be any of these problems yeah, but yeah. i i'm i'm not gonna waste my time yeah bothering to even think about that and i think if you do um that's <laughs> like cool for you but like sorry i've been here like for years now yeah. you know so like i've been around and i've just seen this stuff before and it doesn't impress me uh <laughs> what you don't impress me much <laughs> it just doesn't um you know you know why Necro haven't won a qualifier game yet? Because they haven't yet. Yeah. Um, and they probably will at some point, and then people will be like, oh, Necro's yeah. back. Hakan like, wasn't winning, and Hakan won three times this week, and suddenly their yeah. win rate looks completely fine. <laughs> yeah, y'all are like, y'all get so weird with your, y'all like to gather around the water cooler <laughs> and just gossip in your little, your little yarn circle, and it's, and you're so reactionary. Why can't you just remember stuff? You know what I mean? Like, just be here longer. You know, that's all. There, are th some things are just like have been true, uh -huh. and and y'all just kind of forget stuff, yeah. and you start over in weird places. Y'all are so funny like that. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna try and win the first Necro game. That'll be that'll, that'll be, be my new goal. Yeah, really trying yeah, to we'll jump see. on the on the Necro in your next game if it if it we'll pops see up. If we can do it. Um. All right. So our second uh, issue: we can't research tech. We have to get what? it from others. What? That's kind of a problem, y'all. You have to watch your opponents. You have to watch their tech pickups. Yep. And then attack them in order to get tech. We got to look for stuff like gravity drive. We got to hope they get it. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a really good treatise that we've talked about in the past. I think there's a lot of really good ideas in it. It was written by Unaligned Magi um, for base game Necro. But philosophically... I think is still very true to um, to what Necro is about. It's called be the be the tortoise, not the hare. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about slow rolling when it comes to picking up tech. It's about paying people to not retreat their plastic so that you can pick off a destroyer here or a cruiser there or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good. It still makes a lot of sense, and it's going to help you. Uh, even if not all the components discussed in it are updated. 
uh, it's still philosophically right. very uh, sound, and it, and it's very good. It's a great uh, companion piece to any uh, Space Cats, Peace Turtles stuff. Yeah. Um, because it was written by a smart person. Um, so there you go. Um, <laughs> if you need a counter last... to our show, like try the smart person's readings. Is that what? Try smart people. <laughs> They're pretty good. A lot of times you can tell about smart people because they can write stuff down and you read it. <laughs> Dumb people have to talk to you because they, we can't work. We can't. We can't organize we can't focus thoughts. long enough. <laughs> yeah. We can't organize our thoughts. So we have to talk through it. Um, our last big problem, I would say, is that we can't vote in agendas, so we will never get a point oh, for mutiny. Oh, no. Ever. What a problem. If mutiny comes up, we just don't get a point, and it <laughs> sucks. Um, so you got to play the agenda phase with your action cards, with your prediction token, which, yeah. which is not a token that actually exists in the game, but one we made up. Yeah. Okay? Um, you got to save up for the bad outcomes. You got to make sure that if you are going to try and dominate an agenda phase that you can actually do it yeah. and that you're not just wasting time, you have no extra agenda phase juice. So yeah. all you have are the cards in front of you. Uh, luckily, I'm going to encourage you to take politics and play the speaker game uh, as much as possible, yeah. um, which will lead to a philosophy of leaning into nothing burger for or against agenda, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we want to see. We burn see. through it. <laughs> non-important agendas that are for or against we love those yeah a good necro game is fast because necro's not partaking in agendas and necro made agendas nobody wants to partake in it's just nobody mm -hmm. wants to be here so let's just get it over with let's just get it over with um let's talk about strengths though we've got a lot of strengths mm -hmm. we're a good faction i don't care what the win rate says okay yeah. Last, my, my win rate for Necro is insane. Yeah. And I won't even tell you about it because yeah. I, don't, I don't want you to be mean to me next time I play <laughs> Necro. Um, we have an insane economy, okay? Um, command tokens, we get them. We're taking two different strategy cards for leadership and technology. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. We get trade goods automatically. Agent gives us 10 all day. We get four to six average on the hero. We can get more than six with the hero. It's not that crazy. It happens, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, we have, we're, th we're a three-commodity faction with a middling alliance. It's not a bad alliance, okay? People will buy it. People want to have that, yeah. okay? Um, we have a bad promissory note, but uh, most promissory notes are bad, so who cares? Yeah. Um, and our technology ramps up to a maximum velocity that is only rivaled by Jolnar. And can basically. exceed Jolnar. I mean, it can, I, most of the time, Necro ends up with more tech than Jolnar because they get all of Jolnar's tech and then other right. people's. So, like, right. it it can't be... I, Necro is actually best at, a, ha, like, going into round five ready or very close to ready to do two and four colors and three unit upgrades. They're just always right. ready for that. Right. So yeah, they, they they are like Jolnar in that way. They just don't get to start ahead. Yep, they have a slower right. start, but yep. then they catch up uh, and possibly even exceed Jolnar. Um, and your hero is giving you one free Maw of Worlds style tech. Yeah. And uh, I know we, we poured a bunch of cold water on Integrated earlier, uh, but you are actually a faction that could possibly utilize yeah. Integrated in a way that works reliably. For sure. You have a hero that just gives you a tech. It just says up. Oh, 
Just get it. Whatever. <laughs> if integ- if this is an integrated game and you're playing as Necro, guess what? It's integrated time. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk smack. I'm going to say, yeah, do it. You got to do that. That's yeah. one of the strengths of the faction. Right. The st- the, any, any strong faction is the one who has the flexibility to do the weird stuff, right? That's also what makes Joel Nard good. When we say Necro can get away with doing integrated, we're, like that's a measure of the strength. Yeah versatility okay yeah. that's the that's the headline word mm-hmm. okay once we got our tech online we can basically play any style of unit composition we can play jolnar style pds approach we can play as argent yep. essentially we can <laughs> completely copy titan's whole thing yeah we can just be like i am titans now yeah <laughs> we can if Arborek and sar do weird stuff we can be Arborek and sar you know <laughs> If we just got that. We can do yeah. an impression of all the factions in the game. Yep. We can just sort of take their thing and start playing around with it. Yep. And and it leads to a lot of surprising new ways to shake up the game. Yeah. So we, we do non-traditional approaches all the time. We find a lot of weird potential that other, uh, that other players can't yep. because they just don't have that versatility. Also, my favorite thing about Necro by far is that we're independent. We are a very, mm-hmm. we, we have our own closed economy. Yeah. Our agent gives us money. Our commander gives us action cards. Our hero gives us more money and tech and action cards. Yeah. That's stuff we just get. Right. I don't care. I don't need to do a bunch of trades with everybody else to have stage two economy level money mm-hmm. at the end of the game. I just have it. So, I mean, if you can manage your spending and you can, you know, you could you could potentially survive in a meta that just doesn't care about trading yep. just because you managed your spending. Yep. You, you kept up with how many planets you need, mm-hmm. you spent your money correctly, and you just get to win the game yeah. just because, even in a no trading world. But what's fascinating about all of that is you are not like excluded you you can do the trading like you can be a negotiator with these tech things it's like you, it, it suits your style <laughs> whoever whoever you are there's a way that you can play necro you can be a deal making necro you can run agenda phases like you you can just be the person that walks everybody through what should and shouldn't happen even though you have no votes in control here but your your stuff can push people to vote and not vote right you see it all the time of people choose not to vote because they don't want to give access to some tech yet or whatever right it's fascinating to me that necro games can just sit in their corner and necro games can be the dominant presence at the table and both uh just work perfectly right it's also just interesting because we because of our command token advantage and because we don't have to pay for yeah like it's weird tech is like expensive at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. we're having to commit a ship on the chance we have to spend a token to even try to get the tech yeah but then at the end of the game suddenly tech is the cheapest thing yeah. in the world it just costs killing a fighter right i mean that's all we're talking about really yeah so that kind of value proposition you kind of get into the flow of it the more you play necro you kind of get like a all right i'm 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 ahead of schedule or i'm behind schedule it all kind of comes down in, in round three, and then from there, you know, into round four and round five, Necro is just a very fast, uh, independent, versatile faction yeah. um, that can find a win in a lot of situations. I don't care what's going on in the qualifiers, <laughs> all right? 
Those people in the qualifiers, they don't even know how to play. Most of them are literally babies. They literally wear diapies, a lot of them. I heard. I heard a lot of them wear diapies, and mommy got to change them. I heard that. Anyways, we got to do an ad break. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Hunter, we've already had just so much to say about Necro, and we haven't even actually talked about, like, strategies and getting into the nitty-gritty of this faction, and I'm very excited for it. Let's start with, uh, as we always do, strategy cards. Uh, and I see some uh, pre-errata from Jadeen Jedi to lead things off. Round one, I frequently take warfare from myself, especially if I can set up a control objective score. And I usually follow politics at least round one and keep the good card plus agent away the bad one. Early on, it can be tempting to research more tokens. I don't usually do that round one unless spend three tokens is my point. You need to catch up on plastic more. It's a trap I see newer Necro players fall into too often. The benefit for Necro is you don't have to spend resources for tech. You spend it on better plastic. The tech and tokens come later. Yes, um, I really agree with this overview, and I think it's good to establish this as like, I agree with this, and that is the logic behind my recommendations when it comes to... Yep. Uh, I'm going to say this is a very early game centric strategy card. Mm -hmm. As always, we, we're sort of talking about round one and two when we talk about uh, strategy cards at this point yep. in the guide. Um, so I want to go through them. Um, we're going to talk about leadership first. I like to go through them in, in, in order just to keep it kind of random. Yeah. Um, I would say that leadership is like kind of a middling round one for us. Um, tokens are good, but really it only helps for following extras like construction and politics and you know diplo yeah or something like that um it's kind of unnecessary i feel like most of the time to take leadership uh but i would rather take it knowing somebody else is going to take diplo than like take diplo yeah for example right get what i'm saying like yeah. we're going to get more value because if somebody takes diplo we're all following diplo right yeah and also, one of the nice things about playing as Necro is that because we do not do the secondary of tech, most of the time when you play any other faction in the game, you your two strategy tokens are, on average, going to be an ideal world without wind resistance, secondary of warfare, secondary of tech, right? right? Those right. are kind of the... Those are the things we come back to over and over. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a million little exceptions or whatever. Let's not get into it. But that's kind of the ideal, yeah. right? With Necro, you're never going to be doing the secondary of tech. Yeah. So we already are sort of up a token in right. strategy. Right. Um, but you know, if we're late, we're late in the order and there's a lot of juicy stuff, I don't know, leadership's fine. I'm I'm not saying never take it. I'm just saying like it's a little bit lower than it would be, I think, for uh, maybe some other factions. Yeah. Um uh Diplo, I feel like I've already covered it in talking about leadership. It's like kind of just right behind uh, leadership it, it's worse trade it's always been worse trade yeah. um and for uh necro it's no different we are at least a a four we're a four resource home system planet yeah meaning that it's nice to be able to spend off secondary warfare and then refresh and spend again with some other high resource planet yeah. so that's not bad it's not a bad situation i feel like the other factor here too would basically just be if the objectives dictate it right like necro right. because of that rough round one sometimes you're taking whatever you can to do that objective 
And if it's mm -hmm. like spend aid influence and Aaron Amir happens to be the system next to your home system, like, all right, that's what we're doing. That we're scoring right. round one. So we're going to flip Aaron Amir and we're going to get our two trade goods off of our agent. And that's we're ready to score that point. And then every all other effort is spent on like getting good expansion outside of that but that that's in my mind the only reason diplo really happens is it's like it it activates point scoring basically right and one game you never want to play i think as necro is in the early game uh not taking the best strategy card because it might like in a situation where you're like oh it'll help me score but it'll also help other people score yeah. uh necro you want to take that because you don't have you don't have that early game uh, momentum anyway so yeah. if you're helping other people onto the scoring round one boat that's fine yeah. just make sure you're on that boat because right. you you'll surpass I mean? them later <laughs> it will you, work yeah, itself you will out surpass them later <laughs> it's, you start the game being oh let's all be nice and 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 help each other yeah, out yeah and then later is when you're like i don't want to be nice anymore i have enough plastic yeah. now to say i'm taking this tech over yeah. here i'm just having that right. i don't care if you want to retreat or whatever politics okay so round one this is a little cautious Okay, mm -hmm. I love the idea of trying to take custodians as necro, mm -hmm. but a couple things about it. Uh, we're not very good at it. We've got a bad start, so, and, and without gravity drive, which we are absolutely not guaranteed round one, yeah, bud, that right. is not in the cards. That's hard. Um, we're just not super great at it. Also, um, round one custodians, probably not happen, happening with us. Um, the only thing I really like about it is that we're getting like action cards but mm -hmm. beyond that i don't really care um generally speaking after round one after the early game i i tend to play a lot of speaker control with necro i think it goes neatly with their lack of agenda phase abilities yeah so if basically i'm always taking politics round two round three round four round five whatever mm -hmm. uh i can just say all right all the agendas are going to be stupid so i'm not going to get hurt by mutiny or whatever um and because I'm Necro, I'm trying to just get lots of point momentum, uh, which means I can focus on stuff uh, like speaker control, or yeah. at least hopefully that's the idea. So I would put politics as like a cautious round one pick and probably a low priority yeah. overall. Right. Um, construction, I would say, is also low priority. However, I like to note that frequently with Necro, because of that one extra token I got in strategy, I tend to follow something like construction yeah. as Necro. Because I'll say like, hey, uh, I've got the extra gas. Let's just gamble on structure objectives coming out. Right. I don't normally play that way. Maybe if I'm like Hakan, I'll play that way. But as Necro, I feel like I'm not following tech. Maybe I should just plop down a PDS yeah. and see what happens, you right. know? Yeah, it seems rare, though, to actually need to take construction. And plenty often, too, it's the kind of thing where if you're sixth pick and nobody else took it, like there literally just might be a better option than construction because of Absolutely. how much you just don't need it or whatever. Um, obviously, what I think what we're describing is in this new ideal term, Necro's Necro has replaced the technology secondary with the politics secondary, right? Like we would right. really just like to get the the action card and and do things that way and get a, two extra bucks. You know, it's almost like having malice there if we do the politics secondary. Sure. So that's a, a bit of a replacement for us. I guess so, but th it's definitely not as a, like it's not that the politics secondary is as essential yeah. as following tech. For so sure. No, they're they're not. They're not as locked in in that way. Definitely. But do we need to take construction? No. Yeah. Uh, if, if someone else takes construction, sure, I'll follow. Yeah. Um, trade. Let's talk about trade. Obviously, this is the ideal start. Almost always, it's the ideal start, right? It's especially great for us because 
helps us get out more plastic, which is what we want to do. And it gives us money we can use to pay people to not retreat in order to get early tech. <laughs> we want that. Yeah. That's good. The problem is warfare, the next card just to talk about, which we'll just talk about now, is more important yeah. than tech to right. us. In, in a rare situation, trade. Hunter is first and foremost recommending warfare uh, to the detriment of trade. Uh, we need someone to take it. Yeah. You know, if we have to take it ourselves, then we have to take it ourselves. Um, and I would encourage people that are trying to play against Necro to force them to take it. Yeah. Okay? Right. That's something I would say in a little taste of what a versus Necro episode could be like. I'll sum it all up just there. <laughs> Round one, make, make Necro take Warfare. Done. Right. That's they, your versus they want Necro it, They one. need it. And, you, and this is true of anybody else who's like Warfare dependent too. Nobody wants to be the one to take it. And there's somebody maybe at your table that kind of actually probably needs it and you should just make them do it right um and then last to talk about is uh technology uh which i would put as better than leadership because it's better to go last than it is to go first yeah uh, generally speaking um but you know if if you're at the point where you could pick tech maybe trade or warfare is also available and those right. are more higher priority right yeah it's so rare that tech is even available to you <laughs> at third or fourth pick or whatever right. so what what right. situation are we even talking about here it is notable too the the ever present argument i feel like you see it less now which is thankfully i think it's been a bit solved but there was always this push and pull of like should necro want the other people to research tech or should you restrict it and the answer is like unequivocally let the tech runneth over <laughs> like let yeah. let everybody get tech take tech if like don't let rounds happen where nobody's taking tech if you're six pick and it's round four and there's not something better yeah take tech get that tech on the board so that you've got more stuff to nibble later and that is like, basically true of round one as well if for some reason a bunch of people aren't taking tech it's gonna go down smooth yeah speaking of tech that yeah. is our next section and uh i hope hope you got your seatbelt on <laughs> um because obviously the difficult section yeah. of this guide we could talk about literally every single yeah. tech in the game My they gosh. are all possibly relevant in a game as necrovirus because we don't have paths yeah. we don't deal with with pathing we just We've, we just acquire tech. We've jokingly had an episode in multiple Galactic Council pools that are just necro tech combinations. We could spend a whole two-hour episode just talking about the two techs you have your Valifars on is yep. the problem before us. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to just try and talk very fast and go through all of this. Um, so I would say if you listen on double speed, maybe turn it down a little bit for this one. <laughs> uh, and because we might we, we might be going too fast for double speed. Um, all right. Blue tech. Let's talk about it. Um, it's all good. Get all of it. Yep. Just have it all. Yeah. There's not a single blue tech you shouldn't get. You should get all of it. Um, obviously, gravity drive is first, and then the rest of them. <laughs> there you go. That's the end of that part. Green tech. Get biostims, because frequently biostims is going to combo with something else. Yeah. Okay? Also, neural goes decently with everything else we got going yeah, on. It sure does. There's not a good reason not to, really. Um, just go for it. Other green tech, meh, whatever. There's not really anything that, like, sticks out at me. Obviously, Psycho is useless, yes, right? We right. don't really get anything out of Psycho um, because we don't need those, like, Skippy-type stuff. Yeah. Um, yellow tech. I like Predictive and I like Scanlink um, because they're great late, they're great early. Yeah. They're the type of thing of, like, Scanlink especially is kind of great because you're saying, all right, well, if this uh, objective comes up, I'm going to be good at that, yeah. okay? 
Uh, it's going to help you acquire some extra attachments if you need to. Predictive is pretty much just always good if you can get that. Right. Predictive um, is funny, too, though. I will note, we, we haven't driven home a point we used to drive home more, which is like, this is a command counter faction, right? You're like, you'll just have all your command counters on your board by the end of the game. Sure. Which makes predictive funny because in some ways that, you know, predictive is useful. I can move stuff all over the place. But in the other sense, it's like, listen, I like maxed out my fleet capacity. I have four tokens and strategy and then i have a bunch in tactics like i'm actually completely fine on tokens but that doesn't mean you like to have that late game mix up of like exactly what you're doing or even just to do the bluffs right throw everything in strategy wait 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 and then predictive into the tactics to then be ready for everything else or whatever i think it's still a good tech but i i do think especially scan link is juicy because again we have like extra command tokens we can burn spins of scan link in ways that a lot of other factions are like ah should i afford that right now you can probably afford the scan link yeah i i mean i'm not gonna throw cold water on predictive it's it's really good yeah. and and you're yeah we have a little bit of a token advantage but it's not it's not all the tokens sure. out of the bag the whole time i'm not time saying go spin advantage. every single planet but like you you can you can start digging for roulettes at the end of the game if that's the route you have in front of you or whatever yeah um okay red tech uh ai dev useless uh, but it is funny to get it late game after you have a bunch of unit upgrades because you just get like a bunch of so money, money on building. Yeah. <laughs> That's just fun. Maybe do that because it's hilarious and you'll have... There There will be times as Necro where you're just acquiring tech. Yeah. Just to have more tech. Right. You don't need it for anything. You're just like, well, I got to get more because well, I guess I'll just get that. Yeah. And it's the tech. It's the red tech everybody else has. A, a lot of red tech people don't get and you're trying to get at least two and four colors, right? So you're just like, I guess it's AI dev and plasma i guess hopefully yeah. someone else got something right uh geranium is good um it's you're you're actually a faction that can utilize it um we've got the flagship mech combo yeah. where we can use it um and of course we're going dreads we're gonna get all the plastic out there baby there yeah. ain't no plastic we're leaving out yeah. we're just gonna have it all um assault cannon is a frequent hero pick uh just because it tacks on some damage I, I don't necessarily think it's like some great tech yeah it's just like the hero sometimes doesn't really have anything useful to do integrated isn't going to matter in this particular game so a lot of times assault cannon seems like something that will give you just a little bit more juice and you might be able to utilize it in a couple different ways you yeah. know i can use it over here i could use it over here all i have to do is get three ships in the system right. and then suddenly it's helping me so it's right. easier to justify it sometimes yeah, you're, you're getting a tech at the start of combat like before anything else has even fired off is what yeah. assault cannon is offering you is just a little bit more thing and, and i would also note in terms of that hero i mean plenty often like we just described sometimes red tech is just completely lacking and your hero is need to get a red tech because i will not yeah. fish for the other one might as well be assault cannon at this point yeah because ai dev doesn't work for us and people don't frequently even research geranium we kind of just will end up in a situation where we need to fill out our two and four right we all we always want to end up with two and four if we can help it yeah um just in case that were to happen to come out um Unit upgrades. Uh, they're all on the menu. I mean, if somebody got one, you should have it too. Yep. <laughs> There's not a unit upgrade I don't want. Right. Obviously, in a vacuum, we're talking about Dread 2 and we're talking about Carrier 2, but I'm not going to shy away from anything in particular. If somebody got Space Dock 2, I'll get it. Sure. Why yeah. not? Right. Like, I don't get why I wouldn't want it. We um, had that, that in, in your tournament. Wasn't it your tournament game? There was a game where it was two people got Space Dock 2 round one and it was fascinating it was incredible to watch uh it, yeah. it, it was one of my more favorite games to, to ever watch or was that the fine i don't even remember i can't remember any it's not game. good i'm not saying space <laughs> Dock 2 is good i'm just saying like 
you're living in a world where it, you know you're kind of just checking boxes yep. you're just you gonna get what it I mean? all yeah you're just gonna really get it that's all. the problem with this section is you're gonna get all the tech it's what's what right. do you need to get right away like you, you listed the like get gravity drive probably like cruiser two or whatever right if that solves like an issue round one or two and beyond that it's like get every single thing that you right. have near you basically i i like fighter 2 a lot of times yes. with necro because that's exactly the type of versatile utility that we can kind of be like okay suddenly i have more ships that can move to more systems mm -hmm. to gum up more stuff or just occupy uh empty systems i kind of like stuff like that with them um but yeah i mean just get it all and get it in in the good order that makes sense of like starting with carrier 2 or starting with dread 2 whichever yep. Um, and kind of going from there. Uh, faction text, obviously, this is the one that could be an entire episode. I've chosen a handful. I'm not going to talk about every single one of them. I've put them into four categories, and it doesn't include all of them, all right? I'm just, just things that I think are worth talking about. So very quickly, a micro episode of the entire show. My first category are unit upgrades. We're going to get a lot of them. Yeah. If the factions have unit upgrades, we probably want those. Those are yeah. up there. I feel like almost every single Necro game I've ever played or I've ever seen, one of the Valifar techs are used for one of the special unit upgrades. Yeah. Okay, so Super Dread 2, Advanced Carrier 2, Saturn Engine 2, Strike Wing Alpha 2, Exo Trireme 2, if that's in there. That's not in there that much anymore. Hell Titan 2, Hybrid Crystal Fighter 2. These are like good yep. advantages that are neatly going to go along with basically any strategy that you have, yeah. okay? They're just going to enable you to do more stuff. I feel like the biggest thing here is there are essentially at this point faction techs that sometimes a faction gets unless Necro is in the game, right? Something like Floating Factory 2, you don't see often anyways. And right. if Necro is in the game, Sar is like, I'm just not going to have that. There are the other faction techs that are so good for the faction that has them they will research them even if it gives it to Necro. And if yeah. that means if they're willing to do that, that means it's a great unit upgrade for you. Like bar, just by existing, it's good enough for them to research it that they want you that they want to give you access to it as well. That's how good Saturn Engine 2s are. That's how good Hybrid Crystal Fighter 2s are, basically. Yeah. Uh, my next category is what I'm calling game breaking techs. These are some that if you get them, it's going to just be a major problem and that you should just always get them as like a no brainer. So Mageon implants is number one. Yeah. Hate when that happens. Right. Uh, when I'm not necro, that is when I am necro, I'm like, all right, well, Let's we're just going to get real nasty and yeah. weird to Sarl. <laughs> um, quantum data hub node, obviously very weird. Going to break the game. Going to yep. make it weird. There's two of us out here, out here trading strategy cards. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, mirror computing. Uh Oh, we now got 30 trade goods we just get. Oh, yeah. boy, that's a lot of value. Uh-oh, nasty <laughs> That's pants. the cleanest one. At least everything else has, like, a goofy mini game you have to play. Everything else you're reading, Mageon, Quantum, you're about to read more that are, like, this This activates Twilight Imperium mini games. At least Mirror mm -hmm. Computing is, like, not, not pleasure doing business with you, Mentech. Thank you for the free money. Let's go both mm -hmm. go about our day. We can just exist separately from each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not going to continue to do nasty stuff. Non-Euclidean shielding. We even opened the episode yeah. a long time ago, back an hour and a half ago. <laughs> we opened talking about how y'all spent a whole day talking about non-Euclidean shielding and how bogus it is. Yep. Um, E-res. It's out of control when you have E-res and so does Jolnar and you're just activating each other it. and just printing money it's insane hate it insane yeah um and then i did put floating factory 2 in game breaking text not that sar would ever research it yeah but if sar wanted to troll the game right they could we could get gross if they wanted to make a deal with the devil and by the way you're the devil yeah 
It's a great way to get heat too. off a of SARS back. I will say that much. It's an excellent way. But I think you do make a thing so powerful you cannot stop it. <laughs> it's so, it's dumb. It's real dumb. Um, hopefully you took construction so that it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But it's also dumb because you can get screwed over by objectives with Floating yeah. Factory too. So I'm not even sure it's that smart. Right, um, right. Okay, and then here's uh, our third category. I'm calling this great utility that just works for us. These are like, I think, special to us yeah. utility type stuff. Um, so null field is going to help you lock up the wind sleigh. It's not, I'm not saying it's great. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's a thing. Um, salvage operations is going to help you sneak in a few more trade goods in round five, uh, which can be really potent because kind of the only thing people can do against a econ stage two necro thing is to try and cut you off trade wise and keep you from getting any yeah. more trade goods. And you can just kind of keep acquiring those Ugh. wormhole generator is going to help you just open up some weird opportunities in the last round. Aetherstream is going to give you and Empyrean a way to give people plus two oh my movement, gosh. which is really dumb. Yeah. Uh, Neuroglave, which I feel like Nalu nah. doesn't really get that much anymore, is like a thing that if you picked it up, it'd be super annoying to everybody. <laughs> uh, chaos mapping is hilarious for you because it's kind of like weird slang, yeah. but all the time. Right. Um, obviously, it's weird on the asteroid fields because now nobody is getting to activate them at yeah. all. Um, Hollow Lattice works real weird when you got it too. Uh, don't forget about the production. That's kind of the only reason I want it as yeah, Necro. Yeah. Um, and there's others too. That This is the section that we could just go on forever about. Um, and then the last section is bad, dumb ones that are memes that where you can just laugh and that I, all right. Dimensional Tear 2, that one's horrible. I cannot believe that, that we had to actually include A in the components of the game those necro dimensional tear tokens yeah. what a joke right i can't believe those are even in i can't believe that we didn't get to just veto those being included <laughs> if you get dimensional tear 2 as necro i don't know what your problem is yeah. okay yeah to be clear you make no sense yeah it it <laughs> It's, yeah, I'm sorry. No, it I'm, turns your space docks into gravity rifts yeah. that you then have to roll for. You don't get to go no, through No, them no, no, hang on. No, it is okay. Dimensional Terror 2, the system is a gravity rift. Your ships do not roll for this gravity rift. Oh, yeah, that is included It will in work for you, but it does yeah. make the board look like an absolute nightmare. It is horrible. Like, it's still horrible, but it's not as meme as that, thankfully. Yeah, you're right. All right. Oh, okay, okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, Vortex is dumb because you get to capture a unit. You can't do anything with it. <laughs> You just give it yeah. back. That's literally all you can do. You can just give it back. Right. That's Great. it. You did it. And then, of course, Memoria 2, we already talked about. It's yeah. dumb. Um, guess what? Did you know that Nomad can just sell you a card that gives you Memoria 2? Right. What? Why are you picking it up off of them? <laughs> the cavalry You can exists. literally use the Elasser and Memoria 2 in the same combat. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Whatever. All right, we're done talking about tech, okay? Because there was there was no hope for that section, anyways. Let's get into some meta stuff. Uh, we've we've okay. had a lot of this, and like we've already said, like you could just play necro, not interacting with other people, and you would have such a tight economy, and you would be mm -hmm. able to do all this stuff, and you could just be the person who comes and nibbles on them every once in a while. But uh, I I feel like the big breaking moment was the be the tortoise, not the hare essay that yeah. really like sort of showcased the polite necro that gets to be a part of the game and what does that look like yeah so let's talk about being nice for tech in the early game um so we want to make sure that we're munching on like a smaller ship a mm -hmm. destroyer a cruiser um 
that belongs to one of our neighbors in order to get a tech. Um, and we don't want to frustrate. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the key here. A lot of like pre people being good at necro play was about being like just rude yeah. in the early game, acting as if necro is some sort of powerhouse in the early game. They are not. Yeah. Okay. To be clear, you have so, no combat advantages. Like you don't, you're yeah. not better at this. You just have to do it. <laughs> you just have to do it. Um, so, so try not to frustrate your neighbors. Uh, talk to them about yep. the chip that you might nibble. Be yep. like, I'm thinking about nibbling over here. Talk it through with them. Yep. They have an incentive to actually help you out because they're not going to want you to... They know you're going to have to attack somewhere right. in order to munch. They don't want you over committing right. in order to get that munchiness. Because if you say to them, let's say, let's let's math it out real quick. So you're a necro neighbor and necro says... Hey, I'm going to need to munch. Obviously, I got to pick up some tech. And then you say, no, I don't want you to pick up any tech. No attacking my destroyer over here. I don't want you to have done nothing. The Necro is going to say, oh, well, then that means that I will lose unless I commit to attacking you like outright, right. like proper, like yep. moving my dreadnought. They start the with a dread, underneath. folks. You don't you don't get to win this. <laughs> yeah. So so it does make sense for you to be into it. For yeah. you to be like, okay, and then you have the conversation. Discuss where it's going to happen, yep. okay? Make, Necro should have to pay for no retreat. Yeah. That's just the thing. That's the rule. I'm tired of Necros. I see you Necros out here not just acting like people just got to give you stuff for free. They don't, but you, it's it's a back and forth. We both, we both got to give a little people mm -hmm. in order to make this work. So pay them for their trouble, all right? They're losing a ship, so it's not like they lose nothing right. here. They're losing a ship. You pay them to not retreat, uh, and then you pick up that tech. And I think that's just kind of the bait. Like, in in the abstract, that's what you're doing. Yep. Um, we've already talked about the promissory note. It's bad. Don't do it. Support partner. We're good, like, kind of boat float, ride or die type faction. Yeah. I think a lot of Jolnars and Necros get along pretty well <laughs> for a faction that's supposedly supposed to hate each other because of all the blowing each other up and stuff. Um, so we're definitely like an attractive support partner because it means whenever y'all swap, what you're saying is, oh, well, Necro is really going to have to talk to me about acquiring any of my techs. Yeah. I'm going to have the trade advantage on any tech uh, acquiring stuff. And remember, you can always acquire tech in the agenda phase via the prediction token too. So any support swapping doesn't even necessarily mean that you're never going to get an opportunity at that tech on the Necro side, that is. Um, but it's an attractive, you're an attractive partner yeah. because that's just kind of how Necro rolls, especially if you want to start talking about it round three. What I like to do is maybe do it with a neighbor, which is not never like my favorite, but with Necro, I kind of like to say something like, hey, you've got this tech, I really want to get it. And you kind of just make it real easy for me to get this tech and then we support swap and then you don't have to worry about me yeah. anymore. We're just we done. don't have to keep having this conversation. And a lot of times people will say yes to that. They'll be like, oh, okay. So I let you get this one. This is like the last one that you really need from me. Yep. And then you're going to focus on other people. And that ends up being, uh, you know, an attractive opportunity for them. Right. Um, and also, don't forget about the alliance. It's pretty good. Um, depends on the faction that you're trading with, though. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, for Joel Nar, it kind of has a completely different context than it does for anybody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's worth some money or like, an, uh, you're, you know, uh, another middling alliance. Um, I feel like if there's no Argent in the game and you are playing with a Jolnar, maybe they should do an alliance swap with you. I think it's kind of equitable, especially if you do it early, yeah, that is. Right. Um, obviously, the later you wait on your alliance, the less it is, in fact, 
worth. So right. keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely. Well, but even then, outside of that, we don't really have like a billion tradables or whatever. We're just a good economic faction that can kind of right. play the game. So the rest of your meta is you're getting plastic on the board and choosing how to how and when to flex that plastic basically or saving it up for round five right but like right. i think so much too especially i feel like in competitive play because i've not played a lot of necro myself and if anything i feel like they don't even end up in my games too often but i see them in competitive play all the time and it's always a player sitting in the corner to me like there are the early deals and there's there's some talking through stuff but it is interesting to me how much of like rounds three and four can just be necro sitting over there, building their plastic, waiting, mm -hmm. getting ready, getting ready. And like you just don't have you don't have to be a part of the rest of the table talk, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And you get excluded from a lot of it because, yeah, yeah I mean, you're in a, you're an independent money making machine. Right. It's about getting your plastic on the board so that you can project uh, your influence that way. Yep. Um, but let's talk about victory points. Okay. Let's talk about how how do we assemble? How does the how does the math work out mm -hmm. for necro scoring points? Let's talk about custodians and bonus points up first. Yep. Um, so we got kind of a slow start. We don't really have control over how we get tech in the early game, and that just means we got a tough time with custodians. There's yeah. no there's no real way around that. Exploration bonus points are definitely on the table, and we want to get those as much as possible. Um, but, you know, it's not like those are just going to automatically come up in every game. But just yeah. remember, we have a strong command counter economy. So we get to kind of invest a little bit. Yeah. We diversify the portfolio <laughs> a little bit. You got money by fragments. I like there are like different philosophies that I've that I have, depending on which faction I'm playing. Some factions I'm like, I don't care about gambling with mm -hmm. Necro. I'm a bit more of a gambler than yeah. I normally am because I, I consider it like. A whole section of the game that's normally sucking up everybody else's money, that is tech, yep. I just don't play that game. Right. I don't have to worry about it. So what am I going to do with that extra juice? Well, I'm going to invest in structures. I'm going to invest in uh, scan length mm -hmm. and getting more attachments. I'm going to invest in buying fragments. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't get any, any agenda phase points. Well, we can, actually. We can get seed, but it has to work out. Yeah. Um, so I do want to say, I think I've said it like twice now. I'm going to say it a third time right now. Take politics and watch those agendas. Yeah. Get mutiny out of there. Don't let it happen. Yeah. I would note in this stuff too of there's going to be a reason not to like push too hard on this, but we've talked a lot about the flagship. We've talked a lot about the home system uh, defense. Like if you can get those bonus points early, that's also not that big of a deal. Like you can win from ahead. You're a faction that's pretty sure. pretty good at that. You'll, it's as just long hard as, for you to get ahead. Though. It's that's, hard for you to get you ahead, don't but don't definitely speed. don't do the thing I see people do, especially in tournament stuff where we get like cheeky and clever and we sandbag opportunities. You should just go for them. Like if, if Imperial yeah. is on offer to you in stage two or three or whatever, and it's going to be a you can take a Mechatol and get that bonus point. I don't see many reasons not to, unless it's putting like way too much of your plastic out of the way, right? But beyond that, yep. like get bonus points when you can get them. Don't be afraid right. of them. Right, you're a great like round three imperial pick. Yeah, that's like the ideal situation for you. Yeah. Um, but let's start. Let's talk about stage ones. So uh, the tech stage ones we actually love as yeah. long as it's not round one <laughs> right. or round two. Okay, <laughs> early game it's hard. Late mid game it's easier and late game it's very easy yeah, yeah. um so we have to kind of like get set up for these we don't want to see them in the flop uh we definitely don't want to see two of them we don't want to see 
two and two colors and two unit upgrades as the first two. Yeah. Most people hate that anyway. Right. You're, you're not set back, generally does. speaking, but you'll, you yeah. know, it's still annoying for sure. I hope I don't have to explain at this point that economy stage ones are easy peasy lemon squeezy, but they are. You just get them. Yep. They're just not hard for you to figure out. I'm not even going to explain it to you at this point. If, you, if you're this far into the episode and you don't know how economy points are easy for necro then i've already done such a bad job and i should be fired <laughs> and i shouldn't even allow be allowed to be here anymore yeah um control objectives and attachments if we project enough plastic power we can really kind of lock those into place but we don't have that plastic power starting off the game sure but we want to get that's why you know go back to what jadim jedi was saying in the pre errata we want to fix our plastic situation first yeah that unlocks all of our other advantages yeah. So ships and infantry and ships and infantry. That's the goal, yeah. right? If you get that plastic situation pretty good too, honestly, I think control objectives are the best thing that can happen to a Necro player because at least in like boat floaty metas, what is the thing a lot of us do when there's these awkward control objectives where we're sort of dancing mm -hmm. around each other? That is the perfect opportunity of, hey, if you just leave that destroyer behind, though, like, you, you know, you're going to get the planets and then I'm going to give them to you and we're going to do this pretty right. little planet swap. And if you leave the destroyer behind, I'll just yep. pick off the tech and we don't have to have any funny business later. And you just like get a boost to that early game tech it's in the true. process of doing something all of these factions want to do anyways. If you're projecting that plastic power, they don't want you to take the control objectives by force. So you offering it up on a silver platter and saying, if you make it worth my while by getting me some tech, we can do an objective swap here. Yeah, and I just want to mention again, uh, predictive and scan link are useful tech yeah. that are worth getting uh, in the early game, even if they are an option to you. And a lot of times, uh, they they will come up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I, obviously it depends on who your neighbors are, but they're not like the most uncommon. T I would say scan link and predictive are the most common yellow tech right. that is researched. Yep. Um, so, I mean, although people kind of only research blue these days because of that stupid podcast that says <laughs> to just research blue. Um, structures and plastic objectives. I've already talked about how I like to gamble on structures yeah. because of our strong CC economy. Um, we can always kind of pivot. I like to gamble. Uh, I think it's worth it. I think yeah. we have the gas to do it. Um, spend the tokens. Don't be, don't just save up all of your tokens as Necro um, because the whole point here is that we are going to snowball but it's good to invest in the other avenues as well. We yeah. want to get ahead in it as many ways as possible, starting around like round three, round four. Right. I think this is true of any rich faction, basically. Any rich faction, the advantage your richness grants you is leaning into the chances that some of these objectives come up. Whereas other people are like, do I spend this token on tech or construction? Mm -hmm. When you're rich, you're like, yeah, I could just do construction because like the tech is sort of already solved or whatever. There's no right. reason not to hope these other objectives come up and be ahead on them. If, if, right. the, if a structure objective comes up in round four and you already qualify for it, you probably didn't lose any plastic position in the process. And that's the sign of a great game. Let's talk about stage two, victory points, um, tech. Uh, we love both of them. We love two and four colors. We love that objective. <laughs> the only flaw in two and four colors for Necro is that sometimes there are not two and four yeah. colors available <laughs> on the whole board. And everybody just, knows it that. and people won't research it. Yeah. It's not even that. It's yeah. not even that people are blocking it. They just don't no, happen. I'm saying from that point forward, now they won't. But what's hilarious, yeah. though, is you still have the hero. As long as if you're only down one, 
The text is out there somewhere, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> just go yeah. get it. <laughs> go get it. And and you don't remember, you just have to have the plastic in the system. Yep. You don't even <laughs> just have park. to be on the planet. Okay, just park nearby. I actually saw somebody, I think it was Squeamishimu. I might be wrong. I think I saw Squeamu recently use the Necro Hero to clear a planet that he then invaded. And I just want to say, if that was you, Squeamu, good job. If it was somebody else, sorry, I credited it to <laughs> Squeamu. Um, economy, stage twos. I love that we can use a mixture of action cards and our hero to just kind of pull the money out of the hat. Uh-huh. I've done that quite a few times as Necro. It comes up pretty often um, where you just surprise. I have more money than you thought I did. Yep. Um, I won a game recently by... Hollywooding the entire final round about being able to make enough money mm-hmm. off of um, my hero in order to win the game. The, my opponents didn't know that my hero was going to give me four trade goods. They had just overlooked it. I'm sure they at some point knew this, but it just wasn't fresh on their minds. Yeah. And I just spent the whole time pretending that I wasn't going to win and waited <laughs> for them all to pass. And then my last action was to use it and then win the game. Yeah. So, that's that's just the thing here. Um, you have you have a lot of money that people might not know about, basically. Yeah, right. Um, and that's a very good uh, kind of game to play with the stage twos. Control and attachment stage twos. These are hard for anybody, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully we acquired some punchy techs yeah. in round three and round four, and now we can use those to punch our way uh, into the big time. Hopefully we use our hero to acquire that delicious integrated economy, the best ga- the best tech in the game. Yeah. The best game in the tech, everybody. Well, the best tech. Best game in the tech. The I mean the big thing about the control thing here is you have to put Necro at the top of this list of people that are good at control objectives because a lot of factions can get carrier two and light wave. Not a right. lot of factions can get carrier two, light wave, cruiser two and all their mechs on the board and integrated or whatever, right? Like the, sure. the, the sheer value of combos, d- Dread 2 can be thrown into that, right? Like you, you can just have the ability to get to places most people don't have. Uh, right. and, and a lot of factions that can be introduced into the game that improve upon you, you can copy their improvements <laughs> for most of them. Like the mm-hmm. only bonus you don't really get is like slipstream from ghosts, right? You won't get that much extra movement, but you'll get Aether Stream, you'll get all the other stuff. Uh, so you, you really do have very good odds at getting most control objectives. Yeah. And then lastly, structure stage twos, plastic stage twos. Obviously, plastic stage twos, very doable, very in our zone very up our alley um again i just want to say gamble on structures people if you're playing as necro gamble on structures there's not a reason to not do it okay (laughs) the stage two of having like your flagship above mechatol is such an insult to the rest of the table just like absolutely rude (laughs) for for a necro to have access to that one (laughs) yeah um let's talk about secrets uh action phase secrets of course are awesome um, because of our tech versatility, we can pivot into a lot of these mm-hmm. at any point. We can pivot into I, I the other the other day I was playing as Necro. I think it was in the same game. Maybe it was a game before. I was playing as Necro and I drew uh, fleets to dust, turned their fleets to dust, and I did not have PDS two. And I said no problemo, <laughs> and I got it that round. I figured it out. So I love any action phase secret objective as obviously they're the best secret objectives available but for necro Mm -hmm. a lot of beautiful stuff you can do with uh pretty much any action phaser so yeah get those uh keep them save them up 
pivot into them last minute. Yeah. Do some weird Hollywood stuff where you don't have Destroyer 2, but you've had the AFB secret the whole time, and now it's all you need left, and you go in and you pick up Destroyer 2 and then immediately score it or whatever. Do, do weird, fun stuff like that to, to kind of lock your game up. Um, tech secrets, obviously super easy. It's important to note that there is a special note with the faction tech secret you do have to actually use the valifars on two faction tech in order to get that secret um control always doable with the right neighbors or with with the right technologies the right neighbors too (laughs) Um, but yeah i i mean i'm trying to think of if if there are any secrets that i don't like as necro and i got absolutely nothing be be elected in the agenda phase is not ideal that's not ideal it's still doable It's still doable. It's not that it's not doable, but yeah. yeah, it's tough. I would say even in that situation that if if you are, and this this will be m- maybe a neat crossover point here, if you are ahead tempo-wise with Necro, which is not the easiest thing to do, you should try and figure that out. Round two, round three, you should figure that out. Um, once you get that tempo unlock, we are speaker game yeah. always. Yeah. We are not let it. The speaker token is not going past us, okay? Right. Which means if I got to take politics... Uh, in round three and round four, whatever. Yep. I don't care, okay? Um, but it's also just good to see agendas to set up for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The agenda phase is like a place that's hard for us to to extract value, but if we set ourselves up for it, then suddenly we're getting extra tech and extra action cards in the agenda phase, um, and we would like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about locking it up and Winslay stuff, our flagship is the most effective unit at locking down a home system in the game. Um, I would say get a forward, the, the ideal situation, if you want to talk about using it offensively and defensively, pick up Sling Ray, get a forward dock, have your flagship do offensive stuff from the forward dock in the early game, and then sling it back in the late game. Yeah. Okay? So, I don't know. Uh, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's what I got. Um, I guess in summary, we got a slow start, and we can get jumbled by bad stage yeah. ones. And maybe that's what happened in all of those qualifier games. For all right. I know, they got bad stage ones. We don't get custodians a lot of the time, so that's another problem. Right. If you ever wonder why Mahawked is so good, it's because they get custodians a lot. Yeah, and okay? are good at the end game. <laughs> they get the both. Mahawked is the like has the one thing Necro is lacking, basically, uh, which yeah. is a good early game. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally, it would be something like in round one, we're all setting up. We're staying in the pack. We score round one. In the mid game, we take Imperial at some point. We sneak out a little bonus point or we Mm -hmm. double up on stage ones, whatever we got to do. And then we keep control of speaker and have a good position in that round five. Yep. And, uh, and we can't get win slayed. So there we go. We are, we are kind of the unwin slayable one. That's the scariest aspect here is not only is our Alistair protecting our home system and, and hard to win slay, but, to also talk about if you do figure out your bonus points problem, the round five scenario is usually, well, Necro can either score the stage two or the stage one and find a win. They're at right. nine and they can get to 10 or 11, both viable or whatever. They can activate their support partner, lose the support to still score the stage two to win. That's the kind of like power right of a really strong late game is you you stay on tempo and then that accelerated tempo 
means you can exceed the the power of other factions to do weirder stuff and and i think that's a big part of what necro can do it's not uncommon for necro to target their support partner because they actually have more points than necessary to win the game yeah they're a good faction and i don't care what the data right now (laughs) says okay it's it's just i don't know i've been here hunter's got his own data and it's like so many, so many wins. An, an insulting number of data, wins. <laughs> okay? Cowboy data's better. I got it in my guts, all right? I've been, you know, walking yeah. around the desert for a long time now. I've been wandering the desert. Maybe and, maybe uh, these slices you, just are not, quote-unquote, ideal for Necro, right? I haven't taken a hard look at that, but maybe it's just weird slices and it makes the, the early game worse. No, or maybe it's literally it. nothing. That ain't it. That ain't it, Matt. That's wrong. It's... It's that just blame it on literally every single qualifier. Just blame it on all of them. It's just because y'all are weird and you're all playing together and just like, I don't know, Necro should have more wins. Yeah. They don't yet. And yeah. then they're gonna. Yeah. Suddenly... I can't wait for the qualifiers to be over and we're like, oh, there, there were 12 Necro wins. I, I'm sorry, everybody. There were, there were a lot. There were a lot of Necro wins or whatever. Like for if, there if it turned around. There probably won't even be 12. That, I yeah. mean, it'll probably be more like a middling. I mean, I sure. think Necro is a little complicated. I yeah, think yeah. they're a high tier faction that are complicated. They don't and because, sing in the qualifiers, but every time they're in a semis or a finals game, they are a defining feature of the late game, basically. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think they have a problem, mm-hmm. which is their early game. Sure. And some people can't figure out how to get past that. And hopefully, if you listen to this, you got some sort of idea of how it is supposed to look. Yeah. Hopefully, you listen to this episode. Hopefully, you read uh, Magi's excellent Be the Hordus. Be the Hordus. Be the Hordus. Be the Hordus, not the tear, which is (laughs) what it's called. Look it up, people. It's on Reddit. (laughs) On the Twilight Imperium subreddit. Uh You can read it. It's very, very good. There's a lot of advice when it comes to this faction. You should be able to figure it out. I believe in you, and you can get that win rate up. Join the Patreon so that you can play in the tournament just to prove us wrong about the Necrovirus. Okay. I haven't gotten to play them yet. Yeah. I've played as Sardak, and I've played as Hakan thus far in the qualifiers. So Sardak, that doesn't even count, all right? <laughs> that would have been cool if I'd won that, and uh-huh. guess what? I was in the running. But And then secondly, Hakan, I don't know. That faction, it just don't work out for me a lot of the time. <laughs> It's, yeah. too, I don't, it's too tradey. I don't yeah. like talking that much. Right. I just want the game to go fast, you yeah. know? Yeah. Hey, thanks to our weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squimishimu, Brasper, Kabbalah, Soul, Kalu, and Daryl, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Emilshevsky, Absol, Arwise, Tang, and Fancy, Zeeling. And thank you to our Teensy Sprouts, Kraken, Portmandia, Hercules, Savant, and Vince. You can rate this podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to it. Give us a five-star rating and say, boy, sure do love the Necrovirus. It's, the, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. Our website is around the corner. I know I said this last week, but I literally, I literally like looked at the last version. If anything, actually, the reason the website might not be up at this exact second is because I haven't turned it on yet. That's like the last step is that it just hasn't been turned on yet. So they're they're uh, done. Yeah, Matt's not done with his part. Matt's not done with my part. I got lazy, but uh, please uh, go to that website very this week and see the shirt the shirts there's new shirts oh the shirts go look at the they're shirts so good, dude. they're the really shirts cool are good. <laughs> you can send us this imperium live stories to space guest at gmail.com galactic counselors your vote is closed next week's yep. episode has been decided uh and you know what i'm proud of you all you did it you didn't do i'm not proud <laughs> 
I'm not proud of you. I thought I wanted you to pick the direct hit episode because guess what it was going to be? Yeah. It was going to be five minutes long and we were just going to take a freaking break. Yeah. But I guess we don't get a break. The we got to do a real episode. The timestamp would have said four and a half hours and it would have been four hours and 25 minutes of dead air <laughs> with, yeah. with every 30 minutes, a little half joke sprinkled in just so you feel no, like I, an impulse to record, to listen to the whole I thing. Think it definitely would have had to be four hours because yeah. they'd have to pull it up and see that it's a four yes. hour recording, yes. right? Now, I think what it could have been is we talk about direct hit for as long as it warrants, which yeah. is five minutes, yeah. and then we're done. Uh, and then the rest of it, we just talk about whatever we want yeah. or we just kind of hang out. We, we get an extra StarCraft episode in there. We, we just watch <laughs> TV. We just watch TV. Like we'd watch a whole episode of something. We uh -huh, say like, uh -huh. "Hey, all right, watch this." This is and our live do, like, commentary, commentary track. Start, start Breaking Bad series finale in three, two, one. All right, here we go, folks. Wow. This is going to be really nice. Uh, no, oh, yeah, you are watching Breaking Bad. I, right we've now, paused. Aren't we we haven't we haven't caught up. It's it's been a while actually. So I have no we caught up. The show ended ten years ago. What? <laughs> so anyways our galactic council the episode next week will be the system tile tier list which is very cool yep. i'm excited for that one uh no joke uh home brewers guild hunter uh yeah so i want to say thank you uh to all the feedbackers the people that <laughs> okay. came feedback <laughs> on the lazax uh faction uh i have talked to wecker about how to get components up in tabletop playground a little more complicated than TTS and I haven't learned how to do it yet. Um, but I will talk to Wecker about it more and hopefully I'll get you those components out there in a way where you can play with them too. Um, there has been a little, a little development as far as like, I think some of them are going to be changed a little bit from what we said in the episode. Just some good like fine tuning stuff. Some people mm -hmm. have put some stuff forward that I'm like, oh, that's a good change and doesn't really spiritually change anything uh, that much. Yeah. Um, but be expecting that stream to happen sometime in November. November. Okay. Uh, stream this weekend. I am playing Ghosts uh, Friday at 9 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Central Daylight Time, 9 a.m. on Friday. If you are uh, in the, if you are on the Patreon at all, uh, hit me up if you want to play in that game. I do need players. I'm still looking. I only have like kind of three, and I need three more. So if you want to play on Friday. Come hang out with me. Uh, and then Hunter is continuing yeah. his road to the prelims on Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Because oh, November yeah. 5th, uh, Sunday, is daylight saving in America. So the, 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 the clocks will shift on Sunday and Hunter will get to, what is it? Do you get to sleep in or do you get, do you have to wake up early? I don't even remember. Doesn't matter. Hate, fall hate, back. hate that it works. That doesn't. That literally just doesn't even mean anything to me. When you say fall, fall back, back, I'm like fall back to what? I don't know. Spring forward. Fall back. <laughs> you get it. You get it. It just. I don't works. have to explain it. You know what else that's similar to is righty tighty lefty loosey. It's a mm -hmm. circle. God dang it! It's a. It, it, there's not a left or a right. There, it's a cylinder. It it goes yeah. around. The bottom moves left when the top moves right. There are two sides to the nut. I'm glad you're saying that because every time someone has said righty tighty lefty loosey to me, I'm like, man, I guess I'm like really dumb. Because like, I'll just be like, I don't even know. What do you mean? Yeah. What are you talking about? What are we talking about? There's an up on this thing. I don't know about left or right. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't write down, I do want to say, so on Saturday night, um, 
So there's a new EverQuest project, <laughs> an, an EverQuest emulation project out there called Project Quarm, which is like, it's trying to like emulate how EverQuest used to be. If you don't know what EverQuest is, don't worry about wow. it. Like a precursor to World, World of Warcraft. Um, it was a very weird uh, game that was sort of like bad Elder Scrolls, but with like other people. Um, and I loved it a lot and it was a big part of me growing up and, uh, I'm going to probably stream it on Saturday night. If you want to watch that, I'm not giving you a start time because I'm just going to do it at some point. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to watch, if you get tired of watching, you know, competitive twilight Imperium this weekend, yeah. watch me play some EverQuest. And actually, if you want to play, if you want to check out what project quorum is, uh, Google it. Yeah. And then see what it is, and maybe you'll like it. And if you do like it, maybe you can play it with me on Saturday. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Like, let's can you start a Space Cats Peace Turtles guild in EverQuest? Let's get a whole OGA Space Cats guild going on. Why not? Why not? Hey, Why also, not? here's a thing that people might care about. Yesterday's episode of Old Gamers Almanac. Uh, it's another one about StarCraft. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I care about the StarCraft thing. But Cole Worley was on it. We talked to Cole Worley, and that's adjacent to our board game podcast. So, you know, let's plug Old Gamers Almanac and go check out the StarCraft uh, multiplayer use map settings episode of OGA and listen to basically yeah. Hunter and Cole just smile for an hour and a half. Just smile as hard as they've smiled in a long time talking about the glory days of StarCraft multiplayer. It was really delightful to just kind of be there with the two of them. It was the least structured uh, like <laughs> podcast episode we've done with Cole yeah, thus far, yeah. <laughs> because it was kind of at point. It was great. It was really great, but at times it just kind of sounded like two people that would just be like, "Oh, you remember this?" And we would just <laughs> it's that, like, old yeah, Farley, that, so <laughs> that old Chris Farley, so good, old Chris Farley SNL sketch. You remember? You remember when you were? That was awesome. That was awesome, yeah, we man. we kind of just listed a lot of stuff. It was kind of just a log. We, you know, Cole's very smart. So he would like kind of couch it in yeah. like a, like here's like a point I'm making. Mm -hmm. But then I would just be like, oh, dude, paintball. You remember though? paintball? You remember paintball? <laughs> so yeah, what a, what, a, what a fun episode. Check that out. Um, go listen to that show. It's it, we, we've we've done a hundred episodes yeah. of that show, yeah. um, which is crazy. Yeah, we've done three hundred something episodes of this. We've done a hundred episodes of that. You know we've what? We're about to have fifty episodes of Just Dad's reading books. Bunch of anniversaries. Wow. Our podcasts they start in September. Okay, they start yeah. in roughly September or October, and that's just when our anniversaries are, and when we hit fifty-ish marks. That's that's just how the way it goes for us. Hey, we're the September boys, and I've always said that. Um, oh, dang. Well, all right. So um, I would love to joke around a little more mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, sure. But well, let's do that. So one of the... No. Um, so in the tournament, we named one of the slices mm -hmm. after our friend Will. Oh, yeah. Our friend Will Loader. Sure. Loader. And he is, and, and he is at my door right now. <laughs> So I really got to go. I would love to come up with something kind of silly yeah. or like a fun. I mean, we could wait. Riff. We could wait for you to bring him up here, and we'll just hang out and we'll just talk to Will for thirty minutes. Do you want to do that? No, I think it's better. It's Halloween. The There's nothing going on. I mean, like you're not doing anything. It's just Halloween right now. Like it's not like you have anything going on. Listen, man, I got to dress up like Sweeney Todd. Uh, <laughs> oh. so I got to go get my Sweeney Todd okay. costume in order. <laughs> oh. Okay. Didn't know you so were doing I'm that. I'm dressing up as Sweeney Todd, the demon barber from Fletcher Street. <laughs> Fleet Street. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I I saw it on Broadway. 
recently. And I saw, I saw. And you Little stole the costume, so that was your Halloween costume. <laughs> no, no, I wish. I've been trying to find a white shirt that I can get blood on, uh-huh. and for some reason, that's the part I'm having the most trouble with. <laughs> Can't find any plain white button-up shirts at like vintage stores. You know, I'm not gonna buy a new white shirt just to immediately ruin. And I don't mean like a, I mean like a long sleeve like white dress shirt. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna text Will and see if he's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will is at my door. I'm not getting to the door because you're keeping me. Okay? You keep distracting me. What I've been trying to say is I don't have time to joke around with y'all anymore. I have to go. Yeah. What's your favorite episode of Breaking Bad? What? What's your favorite episode of Breaking Bad? That's a good question. Uh, (laughs) Let's think about it for a little bit. Uh... I think I like the se- I'm kind of a season three finale guy. Mm-hmm. I really like that it's one. It's pretty spicy. I, th- I think that's when the show really spices up mm-hmm. and kind of shows that like it's going to get as goofy as it wants yeah. to. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had that to sit through a like, lot of a pretty slow season for it to be like, hey, listen, it was all worth it. Okay. We, we took our yeah. time with this one to, to do some stuff. Also, I love Gail. Yeah. He's like my favorite character. Sure. He's a great character. Sure. Um, and that's that's a big Gale episode, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, that's that's just for people that know. And if you don't, then you don't know. Oh, Will's sending me a second text. <laughs> that's, that one means that he's really here. The first one was, oh, he sent, he sent a, a message saying here, and then he sent a message saying, I buzzed. It's cold outside, I bet. I mean, I know it's cold here. It's probably really cold. Yeah. It is cold. Yeah. All right. Well, I really am gonna go now. Okay. Um, sure. And I'm I'm gonna click stop. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Oh. Uh, I'll see. Uh, I hope oh, you hey. learned a lot. I was wondering if uh, you were doing anything after your game on Sunday, just like in general, like if you had anything going on. Nope. No. No plan. Do you want to no. do something? I mean, we could do something. Like we could like play StarCraft or something if you want to. Just Here, let me that. just tell Will to go back to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.